Hey y'all, this is Jeff. Uh, I wanted to give a quick kind of explanation of what you're about to hear. This is the uh, top 10 TV shows of 2022 episode that I did with my friend Jack Brewster. It was a fun topic, but uh, we ran into some technical difficulties. Like for the first 40 minutes, I had issues with the SD card on the thing I was recording with. So it sounds like it was recorded in a tunnel, but after 40 minutes, it, it clears up. I think it clears up right around when we get to our number eight choice of in the top 10. Like going into this thing, I thought that it would take like an hour and a half. And then after that, like I had to run to a Walgreens to get like a SD card and come back and kind of, st we started over. And then I think I was a little rattled like for the rest of the episode. And then it ended up going kind of long just because I think we could have talked for like 30 minutes about every single show. But uh, I'm not proud of like the, the, the quality of this thing, but uh, I think the content is interesting and might be something y'all will like. And uh, so, yeah, I'm glad we did it. I wish it sounded better, but I don't think we had time to really go back and redo it. So anyway, sorry about that. If the quality sounds too too weird for you, you can skip forward to like 40 minutes in and it should be a little bit better. But all right, thanks, thanks a lot. you're listening to Jeff Grant's Evolving Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to the best TV of 2022. Yeah, that's what you were in. Okay. Uh, I, hi, how's everybody doing? Uh, I'm here with my friend Jack Brewster again. We did this last year, so this is like the second annual like top 10 of the year TV shows. Yeah, podcast. we did 2021. We're back for 2022. How you doing, man? I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for, uh, we're doing this like on a Thursday night. Uh, Jack's been working all day, so we're trying to, uh, thank you for like squeezing this in and stuff. Like, You know, normally when you say that, it's like kind of a joke because I'm not <laughs> usually doing that much, but like I've been insanely busy the last month, so I actually am kind of time step. But I love doing these with you, so I'm happy to do it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Because the last one we did, uh, I think, I think we talked about doing it and then we got to it like, it was like right at the end of. I think I put it out maybe like on New Year's Eve or the 30th of this. It was like right at the yeah, end. Yeah, it was very close to the end of the year. I remember that. It was like right at the end of uh, 2021. Yeah, so, so I was of, like, we got to, can we, do you think we can do it a little earlier? But yeah. I know it's going to get kind of crazy. Like Right. And, I, and, and ironically, I'm actually going to be off for two weeks for Christmas break <laughs> now that I work at the university. So <laughs> that would have been a perfect time. But I know you got like plans and stuff for the holidays. So I got, yeah, I've got family coming in and they're going to be here about a week and a half around Christmas, so it's, it's going to be... It's going to be hectic, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be like, gotcha. oh, what's going on? Uh, anyway, this was kind of a a big TV year. There, I, mean, I think I said that last year. It always There's always a bunch of stuff, but... No, this year feels especially big. It's like, like dense. Like, like all this... I kept watching stuff throughout the year, and I'd be like, oh, i got to remember that. That's probably shows number that three. aren't going to make our list that were really good shows this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, um... I think last year when we did it, I didn't have much of a problem finding my top ten. Like mm -hmm. there might have been fifteen shows I, I could have debated, 
But this year there might be like 20, 25 shows that I'd say could be a top 10 TV show. Like legitimately, like there's, there's a lot of good television this year. Yeah, I, I was just telling Jack, like I went through, I got these little pieces of paper and I just wrote the name of all these different shows on and then I just put them in order. That's kind of, I, I actually did the top 21 list, but we're, I'll, I might cover the I kind of unofficially did, but I didn't write them down like you did. That's probably a good idea, actually. Like, let's, let's think about some of the ones we didn't hit. But, yeah, I got it down to, like, 15 and then 13, and then, like, I really struggled from, like, 13 to 10. I was like, there's two or three that I'd kind of like to put on here. but, but. Yeah. I, that, I was actually having the same issue as I was kind of going back over it yesterday to kind of double-check it. Like, my 12, 11, and 10 were all, like, I was like, which one is going in? I don't, uh, they're all. And, like, there's, and there's some shows, too, that I know are really good shows that I didn't watch this year. And I'm going to feel really bad when you bring those shows up. But there's, like, a lot of good shows that I missed as well. So My shows, oh, I don't want to say too much, but I've looked at other top ten lists, and I've seen a lot of my <laughs> shows on them. So I'm like, I think, uh, but that, that'll be cool. We'll, we'll cover some. I'm pretty sure, well, I know for a fact we're going to have two of the same shows, just because I know you and you know me. Um. That's what I was, that's actually one thing I was going to, before, I'm glad you mentioned that, because my prediction is we'll have a, maybe five shows that are the same. Is that, do you think that's too high? Is that, is that the over-under is five? Yeah. <laughs> what did we do? What did we do last year? It wasn't much. It was like three, right, that we had in common? Yeah. Succession and... Uh, Succession, uh, Squid Game. Maid. Was on I forgot of. about Maid, okay. And the Beatles. There's four. four. Yeah. So we had four in common, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say I'm gonna say six for this year. Six? I think we'll have six. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a high number because there's a lot of, I don't know, a lot of the big shows are... It feels obvious more to me this year. I don't know if it is yeah, for other like, people listening. But. We were saying this, too, before we recorded. Like Almost every show on my list, I'm pretty sure everyone has either heard of or seen. Mm-hmm. One or the other, yeah. Yeah, because we had a few kind of obscure things last year. Oh, we had a lot of obscure stuff. Yeah. I listened to the episode again last night just to remember what, what in the world we talked to about. see how terrible I was? I was like, man, Jack <laughs> sucks. I'm never doing one of these with him again. <laughs> yeah, it was a little rough at times, but, you know, what can you do? But, no, it was it was, it was a lot of fun last year. But I, we had a lot more. This is what I was thinking, too, is, like, I said last year that there was a lot of, like, niche stuff, like kind of smaller stuff on my list. Mm. and, like, there wasn't as many kind of big-ticket shows. And I was looking at them this year, and I'm like, it's all big stuff. Like, not all, but, like, pretty much all. Like, every show is, like, a big hit. Like, like TV is back, you know? <laughs> like, the pandemic is over finally, and the, the TV stuff is back. Yeah. Like, they're making really good shows. And not to say those shows last year weren't good, but they were different than what your normal, you know, kind of major TV shows are. So It feels like every week or two, like, some new awesome show is starting <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if I had the time, and I just don't because my work schedule, um, I could have, like, binged so much TV this year. Like, there was was literally shows I wanted to watch just didn't get around to them. Yeah. Or I started, like, one or two episodes, like, man, I wish I could have finished that up, but I never did. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Last year, I asked what, like, uh, informed your taste, like, what kind of qualities, like, are you attracted to in a TV show? I'm, I'm asking another question like that to start it off. All right. This is just, like, a bare bones, like... How do you watch things? Like, where do you watch it? Like, just like. So do you mean like, do I watch it at home or what? what? I guess like, I mean, you sit on your couch over there and watch. it's kind of an obvious um, question, but. A, yeah, curl up in a ball after I drank too much the night before <laughs> with a blanket on and like some water and some Tylenol and like, hey, this show is on. Let's watch. <laughs> 
No, I, uh, usually I watch it at home. But I will say this is it's funny you bring that up because I've noticed that I'm watching more, like, if I Uber to work or I'm like, at work, mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm watching more on my phone than I ever have. Oh, really? And I'm not a big phone TV guy. Like, yeah. I sit back at home and watch it. But this year I've noticed myself watching a lot of stuff, like, going to work or at work, you know, when I get a break. Yeah. Like, I'm on lunch break watching a show, like, watching an episode. So, like, yeah. it's been a big year for my phone for me. I don't know. I kind of was just asking that, or I, I realized, like, my own habits, I, I, I might watch a show, like, maybe once in, during the day, usually it's, usually I'm watching, like, YouTube if I'm watching anything during right, the day, right. and then, like, usually from about 8 to whenever I go to bed, that's usually kind of when I'm sitting. It's been weird because I'm a big stuff. podcast guy, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so on my lunch break, a lot of times I'll listen to podcasts yeah. eat my lunch. But this year, I've been, like, maybe less interested in podcasts, and I've been watching these shows. I'm, like, trying to, oh, I want to watch that next episode Yeah, catch up. And I think that speaks to, like, the quality of television. Like, television has kind of kicked out some of my podcast time. Wow. So that's how good it's been this year. I was going to say, like, I have, I've watched a lot of stuff, but I've in a given day, I'm usually only watching TV for, like, maybe two or three hours at, right, at most. Right. It's kind of funny. or. I'm usually, like, watching none or I'm watching too much. <laughs> I'm either getting home late from late uh, from work late, sorry, and, like, watching, like, two or three hours before I go to bed, or I'm doing other stuff and, like, I don't watch anything that day. Yeah. So it's like, I know. I'm watching more than I should be. I know that. All right. Well, do you want to go ahead and Yeah, let's going? do it. Do uh, you want to go first this year? I did it last year. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. All right, this is my number 10 show. This is a show on Hulu. It's uh, The Bear. Did you see that? I did, and I told you we're going to have more crossover this year. <laughs> it's on my list. I actually have it uh, number three. Oh, wow. On my list. Awesome. Yeah. So I feel a little bad putting it that high now, but, yes, talk about The Bear. No, I. that was one when I watched it. I was like, is this going to be, like, number one or two? Or, like, or it was like – there's, it was just so, I don't know. It was, it was a really good show. Um, it was a really good show. Like, yeah, it's one of those shows where you're like, oh, I've heard this is good, and then you watch and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I, I need to rewatch this whole season. <laughs> like, like it. No, it's, it, it was like, I was just blown away by how good it was. I, I mean, not to say like, it was good, but like, I was expecting it to be just like. Okay, like I put Reservation Dogs on my sh- on my list last year, and it's in kind of a similar vein in some ways, you know, like a FX on Hulu type show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a smaller show; it's like eight episodes, I think. But like watching it, I was like, this might be like my number one show of the year. And since then, I've I've looked at some other stuff and be like, okay, I'm gonna move it down a little bit. But I still think it's like one of the top five TV shows of the year. You know, not to say you're wrong for putting it at ten, but I'm just like, I was I was surprised by how good it was. Yeah, I think I got to it a few weeks late, maybe right when it was, like, wrapping up. Uh, it's basically just to give, if you've never heard of the show, it's about, like, a sandwich shop in Chicago. And uh, it's kind of this older family-run kind of place. And this, the main character, uh, Jeremy Allen White, he's kind of gone off to culinary school, and he's come back, and he's trying to, like, hit, actually his, his brother, I don't know if it's a spoiler, well, let me ask you this because we we didn't talk about this a whole lot before doing the podcast. Do you want to do like kind of a half and half, like some spoilers at the second half, or 
Maybe not the uh, show per se, but like like in general, do you want to just let's not give too many spoilers? Okay, okay, yeah. I don't. This yeah. is a show I don't want to spoil at all yeah, yeah. because it's a show that you need to like discover for yourself. So I don't want to reveal anything about this show. But there's some shows where I'm like part of the, explaining it is talking about the spoilers. So not for this show necessarily, but we'll yeah. get to those other ones when we get to them. But like I do. One thing I do want to say is uh, I, I think it was the seventh episode or. You probably know what I'm getting at. I think there's eight. So, well, just tell me which one you're talking about. They do it, the whole episode is like all of like in one take. That is the same. It's like yeah, that's the same. Insane. Episode, yeah. Like I couldn't. It, it started and I was. Uh, yeah, that might be the, that might be the best episode of the show. And this we can talk about this one because it's not really spoiling anything. It's basically so Jeremy Allen White, who a lot of people know from from Shameless, he was mm-hmm. uh, Lip Gallagher on Shameless, which. I just wanted to point this out because people who maybe haven't watched Shameless, it was a really successful show for a long time. It's a comedy in the first few seasons, but it comes into like a really serious drama in the middle parts of it. And his character as the show goes on becomes much more important to the show. Hmm. So like in the first couple episodes, uh, Fiona played by Emmy Rossum is really important. Uh, William H. Macy's character is really important. But by the fifth or sixth season, Jeremy Allen White's maybe the star of that show. And there's a whole arc of him becoming like an alcoholic and getting kicked out of college and everything. And his performance is just amazing in that. So when I heard he was doing the show, I was like, he's, he's got the chops to do it. And there, yeah, like you said, he's, he's great. He's, uh, I, he, yeah. he really impressed me. I, I'd seen him a little bit. And I've seen a little bit of shameless. I thought he was good in that, mm-hmm. but yeah, this, in this one, he, like you said, he plays a chef who's – the plot is that he, he went to culinary school to kind of – I don't want to say escape, but kind of escape his Chicago background. And he he became like a like almost a world-famous chef, would you say? Like he worked at Noma and like the French Laundry. Like he's very like prestigious. Yeah, very prestigious restaurants that you know are, are super expensive to get into. But his brother dies. We can say that because it's in the first episode. His brother dies. He, he leaves the restaurant to him in his will. Uh, what is it, Chicago Meats or Beef or mm. All-American Beef? I can't remember the name of the – something beef, anyway. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. The food is – you're like oh. – I think it's the original original beef, I think is what it is. Think, yeah, okay. But anyway, he leaves in the restaurant, so he comes back to Chicago to take over the restaurant, and he's got all his culinary school, uh, skills, but the people that work there just don't like him. <laughs> so the first couple episodes are basically just everybody that works there giving him shit. Oh, you and your fancy degrees and all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, you and your fancy cooking skills. And it's just like, it's just really funny. But then the episode you're talking about, episode seven, is where it's basically all done in one shot. It's like one kind of long, not it's like a lunch shot, rush like, or something. Yeah, the, the the premise is that they finally opened up their like delivery app or whatever, or they're, they're open for delivery. So they're getting all these uh, tickets coming in. And they don't know it's going to be this busy. And the ticket is just like printing off nonstop. So they don't really have the staff or the resources to handle it. They don't have the food ready. And basically everyone's like under the gun, like they're they're in, in the kitchen, like getting more and more testy with each other. And it's just like it's all like it's like 27, 28 minutes long. It's all one shot, basically. And it just I think it's like 18 like, minutes. Like it's it's a little shorter than usual, I think. Yeah, it's it's about. Not even, yeah, you're right. It's, it's 20 to 25 minutes, maybe. I can't remember exactly how long yeah, it is, but it's much shorter than the typical episode. But it, it's an incredible, like it, and it's very uh, fast paced. And a lot of the show, like a lot of what people would say about it, is it's like super tense to where it's kind of uncomfortable. Like it feels like, I think it's trying, it tr- tries to capture like the feeling of being like in a kitchen, right, uh, um, in the weeds. You know? Yeah, yeah. 
And I, I was a short order cook in college. I worked for, and I was a steak house cook for a couple of years as well. So I've been in some fancy restaurants. I've been in some, some diners. And when you're like backed up like that, it is like one of the most stressful feelings on the planet. And this show captures that like perfectly. To a point where it's kind of uncomfortable. Well, it is uncomfortable to watch a lot of times, but it's also uh, yep. the other pretty thing it does incredible too, to pull it off. Um, I had a lot of notes on this show. So since you like no, dropped it, it so early, <laughs> I was like planning to build up to it. But since you dropped it so early, I got to like rethink my, my points. Um, but the other thing the show does really well is – and there's a couple of shows on, on my list that are like this. It talks a lot about toxic masculinity and it doesn't beat you over the head with it. It's not a message show. It's a show about cooking, but it's like these sort of um, male responses to problems and anger, like anger management. Mm. And one of the early episodes is like showing his training when he was working. I think it's at Noma, one of these restaurants he's working at where Joel McHale yeah. you know, makes this like appearance as the boss from hell. It's like, it's like a Gordon Ramsay-esque, like, chef who's just, like, screaming at him while he's trying to prepare, like, an appetizer or something. And then, like, he's trying to call out ticket orders, like, the numbers, and he's just, like, messing with his count, like, calling out different numbers. It's like, basically, if you can survive this, you can become a great chef. But it's also, like, that's not the way to encourage people or inspire people. So when he gets a chance to run this restaurant, he's trying not to repeat the same habits that he was taught. But in this episode, he, he kind of resorts to some of those same things. And it's like, how do you as, as a man, like, control your temper and your anger and, and, you know, work with people to get the best out of them? So that's one of the things I really like about the show. That's good. I, yeah, you put that very well. I yeah. tried to. <laughs> also, it, I want to shout out um, a couple of actors in the show. I wrote mm-hmm. them down so I didn't forget. Okay, I'm glad you did that. Uh, Eben <laughs> Moss Backrack is the guy that plays Richie, who's the guy that's running the restaurant before he shows up. Uh, and by the way, he makes an appearance in another show we might talk about later. Uh, really good actor and had a great year. He's so good in this show, like so funny, so Chicago. Like I've I've seen him before. Like I think he was on Girls for. I remember watching. Yeah, that. I think he was. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of blew me away. He's like that. the quintessential Chicago tough guy. That's like just this macho asshole that you can't stand in the first few episodes. Yeah, you hate him, and then by the time you get to the end of it, it's like, oh, he has like, like a heart of gold. Like he's actually like a decent guy. Yeah. And then the other one is uh, it's Ayo Edabiri is the African actress that plays uh, Sydney. Is one of the, yeah, the like sous chef great. in it. Yeah, she's great in this show. Like. Like, she's the perfect sous chef, but she also challenges his character. Uh, Carmen, by the way, is the, is the main guy played by Jeremy Allen White. But, but she, okay, she yeah. challenges him, like, any time he's getting out of hand and stuff. So their dynamic is really interesting in the show as well. Like, the, the, everything in this show, like, I hate to say it, is, like, just about perfect. Like, there's not a misbeat in the show. It's like one of those shows where it's not, like, a casual watch. It kind of, like... If you watch it, it'll like grab you by the collar and it's like, here, here we go. This is the, this is what's happening. And you're like, just, it's it's oh. hard not to binge this show. If you if you have FX or Hulu or whatever, mm-hmm. is, it, is it on is it on just Hulu? Or? Uh, I think it was originally on FX. I watched it on Hulu. But. Yeah, I watched it on Hulu too. I think it's definitely on Hulu. I don't remember if it was on FX in and of itself. But if you watch this show, it's very hard not to binge the show. Like it's eight episodes long. It's like thirty minutes. An episode, yeah, it's real quick. It's so real quick. If you don't walk, knock it out in one day, you'll probably knock it out in two days because it's that good. Yeah. Okay, so that was number 10. So we've already had one similar. One similar thing. So I have a show that's not nearly as good as The Bear, but. <laughs> it's like, it's my number one. No. Right, right. This is, uh, this is Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do Stranger Things. Um, 
some people I know have complained the last few years that I've been kind of out on Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, it's like, how do you not like this show? It's like, you're a child <laughs> in the 80s, and I'm like, I know, but that's probably the thing I don't like about it is I don't like shows of forcing nostalgia down <laughs> But I, I had a little extra time in, like, April, May to catch up on it. I'd, I'd watched, I think I'd watched the first season, maybe the second season before. So I, I picked up on season three. Season three, by the way, is the best episode. I, best I, season of this I agree. That's my favorite. Yeah. If, if I was going to pick, like, a season to watch, that's the one to watch. But uh, this season was really good, actually. And it to me, it didn't end well, which is my only kind of complaint about it. But the first six or seven episodes of this season I thought were really good. So I had to put it on my list, and I mean, did you? I don't know if it's on your list. It was or not, on my. It was number sixteen for me. Sixteen, okay, yeah, yeah, a little further down, but but you did watch it, so yeah, I I like. I think I had kind of mixed feelings about the season, just the pacing of it, because the episodes were all like really long, which is kind of a. It's cool, but I think I was. I think when it came out, I was trying to watch them fast, but they're like an hour and a half, it's, forty minutes for me, an episode. It's the or biggest complaint I have about this show is the episodes are just way too long. Especially the last two when they had the break and they came back. I was like, oh man, how long is this thing? Like, it seemed like a lot of that um, it's been a while since I've thought of Stranger Things. I felt like a lot of the reason it was so big was because the cast is so huge and they know that you know, all these kids are like super famous and right. so they kinda had to spend time with each they had like the the characters are all split up. To where it's just like, it felt like at one point there's like five different groups of like teenage kids like doing something and like maybe one or two of them were like kind of pretty import, important and interesting. And then like some of the other ones you're like, what? I don't understand. Yeah, there's definitely, on. you're right. There's, there's too many, there's too many characters in the show, which has been a complaint by some of the people in the show is actually there's too many characters. Oh, really? They don't want to kill them off. Yeah, 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 Millie Brown, the the, the actress that plays Eleven, mm-hmm. has complained about it, and so I think some other people have. But um, there's a lot of things I could like dunk on the show if I really wanted to. There's things I don't like about it, but I put it on my list for a reason, so I don't want to like just tr- trash it for the next five minutes. Um, yeah, I things yeah. things I liked about it this season. Um, there's a backstory of how you know, the big reveal is Vecna, who's like the major bad guy, the, the mind flayer that's been like tearing up this town of Hawkins. Mm-hmm. And how he got created, basically. Um, yeah, that backstory. part was great. Like, I, I really liked. I liked how it all came together. Like, I, I did like the the mystery of it. I was like, man, that was very satisfying. Yeah, it was really interesting to see like the commonality because it's, it kind of reminded me of Harry Potter too, with like Harry Potter and Voldemort, where these two people that are mortal enemies are like also very similar people in a yeah. lot of ways. And they We're just not so like, different, you and I. Right, right. <laughs> There's like this one little twist that makes you the bad guy or whatever. And, you know, this is a show that it explores morality a little bit in that sense because in the very early episodes, Eleven has lost her powers after the events of season three. And so she can't respond to bullying or antagonism the way she normally would, which is just to throw somebody away or like toss her hand and just blow, you know, <laughs> blow someone back or whatever. She has to actually like interact with these people and she's a little kid, you know, and she's having to deal with these older kids bullying her, harassing her. And it's brutal. Like the first few episodes, you like really feel for this kid who doesn't know how to interact in these situations. And it's not like she has normal teenage responses because she hasn't lived in this environment. She hasn't been a kid in middle school or high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me also of bringing it back to Harry Potter a little bit. Um, I don't know if you read all the Harry Potter books or not. Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the two nerds that we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like the fifth book of Harry Potter is uh, Order of the Phoenix. It's my favorite of the five or those the seven books. But it's like Harry Potter when he gets to be like fifteen is like now he's like old enough to be dealing with bullying in school, but he can't use his powers either because he can't reveal that he's actually like a wizard. Mm-hmm. And like the er- the early stuff in that book is really like scary and terrifying and like intimidating. And in this case, Eleven doesn't even have the ability to resort to her powers if she wants to. So it's really effective. And then you realize when you think about what happens to number one, um, the guy that becomes Vecna, I think we can say that because everyone knows about it by now. But his story is kind of similar. But the difference is he chose to go all the way this other way, and she didn't. So that kind of stuff is what I really liked in the first five or six episodes of it. Yeah, it was such a strange the way it was rolled out. Like it was like seven episodes. And yeah, then they it was did like seven, and they took a long break, like a month break or a month and a half, and then they had the last two. The last right? two, Something but like they that. were like really long. Yeah, they did these like two like uh, movies that are insanely long. <laughs> yeah, there, I, I think I was just kind of like like certain parts of it I thought were really really good and like some of the best stuff they've done on the show, mm-hmm. and then some stuff I'm just like, man, this is like it. It felt like a, it could be like half the length oh, for easy, me and I would have easy. probably liked it more but they could have done like 10 episodes that are like 40 minutes or something it probably would have been a good show like but I think they're in a weird place that are the creators because it's like it is a it's such a big fan show like that they they're you can kind of feel the the fan service type stuff happening and and I think a lot I mean a lot of the people who watch it are you know teenagers and right if they like it then I'm it's that's really more who it's for but I don't know. I was just as like a in fan of like storytelling and that type of stuff. You're kind of like, well, I had to man. point out a few, few things as well. Um, just real quickly, uh, running up that hill by Kate Bush became mm-hmm. like, like one of the number one songs in America for like a month or two <laughs> just because of this show. And it was like, it's weird, but it's also really cool. And then the same thing with uh, master puppets at the end, uh, when, when Eddie yeah. plays the, the, the version of it in upside down. It was like you have two songs from the 80s that nobody's probably thought about in 30 years, and now they're, like, trending on, on Spotify, like, just because of this show. I listen. There's a, another podcast that's, like, a ringer thing that it's on Spotify, uh, Bands Plane. I haven't listened to that one. No. It's, it's really cool. I've been going through it, but I listened to one of the episodes about Kate Bush. Mm-hmm. This is just a quick tangent. I think they recorded it about probably a year before that like Stranger Things came out. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about like that song and they're like, I don't know. It's just like this hidden gem or something. Like they're kind of like talking about it. Right. Like it's, and you're kind of like, Oh my gosh, wait, wait a year. It's going to be yeah, like, yeah, wait guys. It's coming. Over. It's, it's going to like take over the world. It's <laughs> a good song, but I was like just blown away by how this song that's kind of obscure from the eighties. just became this big. Thing. I don't, I wasn't familiar with it. I, I had heard it, but it wasn't, it wasn't like one of my top yeah. you know, 20, 30, 50 songs in the eighties yeah. or whatever. But yeah. I was, but I am a Metallica fan, so that was cool. Yeah, Metallica was my first concert. So. Oh really? Yeah. That was an awesome. That part was awesome. Like the. It Metallica. was. That was. That was. was the, the, that was the moment. Yeah. You're just like, oh my gosh, whoa! It's like, yeah, I'm gonna distract him by playing Master Puppets. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro! There's more I could talk about. But yeah, there's yeah, a lot. Stranger to Things is like, it's a good show. Not definitely not one of the the best shows though of the year. So. It's definitely a fun – it's one when it comes back, I'm always excited. I used to watch it, like – I felt like I – I think I watched the first two seasons, like, all – like, in one day. Like, when it first came out, it would be, like, 
or in two days or something like that. And I think this one, I was, I think I was trying to hurry through it, and I was just like, you can't, I can't yeah. do this. This is going to yeah. take me like a week or something. You're going to sit down and watch stuff. this show, man. <laughs> they're, they're like, no, you're not leaving until you watch this two hours, dude. <laughs> We're keeping you here. It's a fun show to follow and kind of like, you know, listen to other people's like responses to it. Yeah, I finally, I finally succumbed to it this year. I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. I'm, like, I'm going to enjoy it. It's not complaining too much, Jack. Just watch, just watch what you give me. All right, I'll do my number nine. It's actually on network television on ABC. Uh, do you know what I'm going to say? I think I do. Do you want to say? What do you think I'm going to say? Abbott Elementary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on my list, but go ahead. Yeah. Have you seen this show? I, I watched like the first couple episodes maybe last year and it was it was good but I just didn't get into it the way yeah. some people did. But it's it's a uh, it, it scratches that itch if you're into if you were a big like Office fan or I mean, right. th- everybody said this isn't like a origi- an original thing to say but Office the Office or like Parks and Recreation which I love those shows so it's kind of in that vein of like like a mockumentary kind of thing only it's set in this inner city like elementary school in Philadelphia. Right. And uh, the the main characters are like the teachers and the the principal and uh, I don't like watch a lot of stuff on network TV these days. There's just so much stuff to watch, but it's one of those. It's just it's so like well done. Uh, Quinta Brunson, I think, is the name. I'd, I'd heard that it, that one of the people in the show had like created the show, mm-hmm. and I didn't know who it was. Like the first time I watched it, I was I thought it was the the principal, the that woman that plays the principal. I was like. Yeah, I thought I, she I thought was the creator, yeah. and then uh, then I read later it's like the the main like first grade teacher is. Oh, like, okay, 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 yeah. And she is like I've li- like I've listened to her on like a bunch of po- podcasts. She was on the like Mark Maron's podcast like mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, and uh, she is she's just like super. She's like really smart like <laughs> about TV and it, I don't know. Right. It's one of those shows where it, it's it's very. Uh, straightforward about what it is but if you like just like a good like show you could like like she makes it to she wants like families to be able to watch it together so it's a show like that would would be kind of entertaining it's gonna for sound kids. like a weird comp and especially since i haven't watched that much of it but like do you remember that show girls five ever on yeah TikTok? that was my number 21 <laughs> <laughs> okay wow it's still on the list um it's not on my list but like that show wasn't like the greatest show, but yeah. it like knew how to hit all its beats perfectly. And I think that's like similar to this show. Like they they know how to construct a comedy. Like for what it best. is, for what it's trying to do, it's like a plus at that. And it's I don't know. It's it's very like uh, heartfelt and, and and really funny. Like I but I don't know. I, I just it's it's kind of like a it's it's like a comfort show. Like you, you know, like when you're just like I just want to watch something nice and right. go to it's, sleep. No, then, like, you're right about that. It is very like just kind of relax. It reminds you like shows you used to watch in the '90s that were just fun. Like yeah. you watch Married with Children or something. Like I know it's not similar to that in a lot of ways, but like just something you enjoy watching for 30 minutes. And it's one that I think I would feel more comfortable recommending to just about anybody. Like more probably more so than a lot of the other shows because a lot of the other shows I'd be like, well, it's. It's right. really dark. There's right. a lot of death in it, or you know, like yeah. We need we need less dark shows, honestly. Like, we've had enough dark shows. <laughs> this is one where you're you watch it and you're just like, oh man, teachers are do so much and they're never you never they're never recognized. Or, you know, right, it right. kind of makes you appreciate that that type of thing. 
They do, actually. I feel sorry for teachers. My ex-wife was a teacher, man. You don't know what teachers you'll... My, my mom was a teacher. Um, was, was your mom or dad a teacher? Or not? No, but my sister and my brother-in-law are teachers. Okay. Yeah, I thought you had, like, a teacher in your family. My grandma was a teacher. My dad even taught for a while. Like, teachers go through a lot, you know. Like, I don't know how they do it. Me, I would I would lose my cool within, like, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> not for these damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. So teachers are saints. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's, it's a yeah, it's but a good show. Good show. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that was your number. That was number 10 nine. Nine. Okay, nine. Okay. So show. I think some people have heard of uh, the boys. Is my number nine. Show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did this make your list at all? No, I, I've I watched the third season is what came out this year. Right. The third season. I went back. I watched the first season, the second season, and I think I'm two episodes into the third, and it was I. I kept meaning to get back to it. And I just yeah, you just like yeah, I'm out on this. <laughs> but I, no, I, I did like it, but it was. Uh, I would say of the three seasons, this is the best one. That's um, what I've heard. I've heard that a lot. Like I would, I wasn't like a real big fan of this show the first couple of seasons. Well, I, the first season I thought was interesting. I liked it, and then I thought it kind of dropped off a little bit in season two. And mm-hmm. So it was like it wasn't bad, but I just didn't like get it that much. This is the first season where I thought it kind of like, you know, pardon me for saying, it was like it had some balls. Like, it actually like, tried to do what it was trying to do the whole time, which, you know, not to get too political on this, but, like, it is a satire of the American right in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, Homelander is kind of a critique of, like, extreme fascism, which is, like, sadly kind of on the rise in this country. Yeah. And I thought this was, you know, the and I hate to spoil it for you since you haven't seen it, but... Uh. Yeah, don't spoil it for okay, me. Okay, I won't, I won't spoil it for you I don't or care about the audience. The audience but... Yeah, for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I, I don't care about the audience. I was like, I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> I am going to, so, like, I have a list. I, I, I try to update this list, like, every week of, like, stuff I'm trying to watch. And right. it's been on it's been on that list for, like. Right, um, yeah. So I, I will not spoil it for you or the audience. I'll be nice. But <laughs> even though it came out in, like, March or something. But, yeah, yeah it's been a while. <laughs> You've had a chance to watch it, man. Um, but Eric Kripke, who created it, and he did um, um, what was the show he did? Uh, Supernatural. He's yeah, okay. Supernatural. Um, and Jensen Ackles uh, makes an appearance in this season within Supernatural. Okay. But anyway, he's he's sort of been critiquing the American right in some ways for the last couple of seasons, but to me, not very effectively. It's been kind of milk toast. Like, eh, it's kind of this. This is the first one where he like looks at certain. Things happening in the country, in the media, and there's a moment, I won't spoil it, but later in the season with Homelander where it's like, oh, yeah, you took aim at your subject and you took it down. Like, it's pretty it's pretty indicting, I think, in a lot of ways. But it's also a very funny show. I, I don't want to yeah. – by saying that, I don't want to make people sound like, oh, it's super political. It's not. Like, it's, it's – in, in and of itself, it's a very funny, you know, kind of ridiculous in some ways show with insane violence that's like <laughs> – just – I, I don't even know if the violence is okay. Like, it's kind of like, oh, my, y'all did that. Like, Yeah, I think that was my I, – I, I like the show. Like, I thought it was – I like it. I'm going to go back to it. I'm going to finish it. But I think part of it was, like, you know, it would be – like I was talking to talking about earlier, like, it's, like, 9 o'clock. I'm like, okay, I need to, to figure out something to watch tonight. And I'd right. have the boys, and I'd be like, I don't know if I want to <laughs> be in that headspace right now. Like, I just want to, you know. Well, I wrote down like <laughs> I think I can I think I can spoil these because they're just they're not important to the plot or anything. <laughs> okay. But like I wrote down three ridiculous moments in the show okay. that are not super important to the plot. One is the hero gasm episode. 
which you'll get to. I think I saw. Maybe. I think it's like episode five or six. Maybe. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, but it's basically like if all the superheroes just had sex with each other, like an like an orgy, <laughs> and because they're superheroes, like you know, there's one guy that's got like rubber arms and stuff and can do a lot of stuff like Mr. Fantastic. Could. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, there's there's another one. Uh, there's a very famous moment in this season with the deep who is like Aquaman kind of, he's a mm-hmm. sea uh, superhero. Um, he doesn't just have the ability to communicate with sea life. Um, <laughs> he has some relationships with sea life. Let's just say <laughs> there's one very funny moment between him and an octopus uh, in particular. <laughs> And then the other one was like, there's a character called uh, Termite, which you probably saw this one, is able to shrink to like uh-huh. microbiotic size. And um, let's just say he does something that's insane and horrifying. <laughs> I don't want to reveal it because it's just. I think uh, that's right at the beginning of season <laughs> right. three. Yeah. Because I remember I was like. one of the first couple episodes, but. I'm like, I need to start this season. So I started up. I was like, all right. Did I want to see oh, that? Oh, man. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> If you like to see messed up shit, let me just say, the boys is for you. Yeah, right? yeah. And it is, I mean, this is the NC it's very well done for, what it, for that thing. It, it's very well done. Like, and it's, right. It's one of those things where I think uh, uh, it, it's kind of like a, it's, twists, it's, it's twisting the, like, superhero thing that everybody's so into that, right. I don't know. I think sometimes I'll watch, like, a... It's definitely a satire of superheroes and superhero movies. Like, we're going to take these characters that you love to, like, extreme proportions, you know? Yeah. Like, like if you know, I don't know if you ever read Red Sun, Superman, where... Uh, no, I think I know what you're talking it's a, about. It's a comic book where Superman was born in the USSR instead of America. Okay. Like, what if he crash-landed oh, yeah. in Soviet Russia instead of in Kansas? And it's like, he becomes this, like, kind of worldwide dictator police. Like, he's in charge of, like, this fascist world. Yeah. And uh, it's it's pretty interesting, but this is like kind of a satire of like what if superheroes were not only not good guys but like really terrible, like just the worst people on the planet. Yeah, like, which you probably would be if you're honest about it. Like, yeah, they're you not have all, those abilities. Like, it's not all like uh, with great power becomes a great responsibility. No, definitely not. <laughs> like, like these are absolutely horrible human beings. <laughs> just happen to have superpowers, you know. But yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a funny show. It's like fun. It's it's ridiculous in a lot of ways. But but it's also it has it has a point of view. And I think this is the first season where I was like, okay, the point of view kind of is coming into focus now. So. Okay, you're making me want to go. I might go back and start it. Get right. get back into it. No, it's worth watching. In fact, I think when I saw it, I was like, oh, this will definitely be in my top ten for the year if I do one. And then the, the longer the, sh- the year went on, like better shows came out. I was like, well, I don't know. It's not as good as some of these other shows. But I still wanted to put it on the list because I thought it was pretty interesting. Okay, uh, my number eight. I don't know if the, I'm just. I just want to call this out because it should be the sudden. The podcast might sound suddenly better right now. But anyway, that's behind. We're excited about that. That was a whole hiccup. I'm not going to talk about that right now. I'm going to talk about my number. You say you're not going to talk about it, but you just talked about it. I know. We just we just went through a whole like. <laughs> Thing of, I'll probably explain it at the beginning of the podcast. Right. And I might cut this part out anyway. But exactly. I'm, I'm pretty sure this one's going to be on both of our lists. So I was going to see if you could guess what, what it is. I'll, I'll give you some clues. That they're going to be easy clues. Okay, give me like just one clue. Don't give me a ton of clues. Okay, it's the show that's probably the most current show that might be on a list. Is it uh, Wednesday on Netflix? 
No. Uh, I don't know then. Okay. Okay, Let's, give me one more clue. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. We haven't seen the finale yet. Oh, yes. Now I know the show you're talking about. <laughs> this is the White Lotus, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, my number eight. Okay, let me let me check my notes because I can't remember exactly where I had it. This was number five for me. Oh, okay. Number five, yeah. Cool. Uh, th- this was, I think last year it was number two for me. or It, it was one or two. It was high on your list. I'm yeah. Really- it's funny because I- I'm just going to tell this story. Just, I'm not, we had an issue with the audio with my SD. I had an SD card problem and I had to run over to like a Walgreens just now to go get it in the middle of while we were recording and while I was on the while I was driving the podcast I was listening to was about predictions for uh, okay. for what's going to happen on the, the setup that's a less interesting story I thought you were going to say you oh. ran into Mike White at the Walgreens yeah. <laughs> and he explained all the secrets of the show ahead of time uh, yeah uh, I'm trying to get my brain back in TV uh, back in TV talk, mode TV, uh, yeah this is like the, the, at the current like big HBO show it's the second season uh, seven episodes and six of them have, have aired. So can we go behind the curtains for a minute? Um, we were going to record this this week instead of last week because I wanted to get the finale in because I thought there was six episodes. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and then you were like, no, I think there's seven. And I was like, oh, wait, there is seven. So this is like a rare exception where I don't really like putting shows on here that we didn't see all yeah. the episodes. But I think we were both probably going to put it on anyway. So I was like, all right, let's just go ahead. And- we're recording this before it airs. But I might, the podcast episode might not be out until after. It. Right. By the time you hear the seventh episode, will have debuted. So. Yeah. Do you have anything to say, Bob? Kind of get my brain. I have a ton, but I don't want to like crowd your space either. So, like, how much do you want me to go on it? Because I definitely had like it's on number five on my list. So I had a lot of notes on it actually. Um, you didn't have it on your top ten last year, I don't think. Well, that was what I was going to start with. So you had it really high on your list last year. I think I had it thirteen or fourteen, something like that, on my list last year. So just miss out on the top 10 my my critique of it was that it was a show it was a vacation show and it was kind of a you know people having fun in the islands or whatever in hawaii or whatever but it was like a, also a critique of like um white privilege and it was like kind of there was like an undercurrent in the show I was trying to make like a social commentary and i just didn't think it really hit that point well enough for me to like make the show about that like i thought well, first off, they didn't have a lot of minority characters in the show, so it's like, okay, if you're gonna critique white privilege to have a show that's all white people, mm-hmm. seems a little yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little disingenuous in some ways. But then also, I just thought some of the story threads that were supposed to kind of critique that weren't super strong to me. Like they needed to, I don't know, they're gonna make that a point of the show. I thought they should have hit it harder. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like I didn't like the show. It was it was a fine show. I just didn't think it was like this lofty kind of incredible thing that that some people thought it was. And this year I'm like, I don't know if I'm just older and wiser or this is just a better season, but like, <laughs> I feel like this is a really, really good show. Maybe I just missed the mark last year for some reason. And like, uh, this has like been one of my favorite shows to watch this year, honestly. Yeah. It's one of those shows. Like I, I, I had this thought when it was like the third or fourth episode, I'm just like watching it. I'm like, man, this is like. I'm enjoying this like so much. Like I'm just because it's it's kind of set like in Sicily. I think it's like beautiful, right? Uh, scenery. Yeah, so Sicily. I think they're near Palermo. Uh, they're at you know another White Lotus resort. You know, it's like the premise is there. Each season, I guess, if they keep going with it, which they probably will at this point, is like another White Lotus resort hotel at these different places. Last year's Hawaii. This one is is in uh, Italy. 
Um, it has been renewed for a third season. Okay, yeah, I didn't. It started off as like a limited series, so it was going to be like one. Right. Because it won like the Emmy award for like best limited series, but like it, it won a know, lot of Emmys. I know that. Yeah, it yeah. like he cleaned up. There's actually a there's an interesting uh, interview with Mike White. It was he was on like Fresh Air the mm-hmm. other day. I listened to it. If you are interested in that stuff, like uh, it'd be it's a cool thing to listen to. He, he has a really unique perspective. Yeah, each season is like it's basically this these collections of like families or friend groups, and they all kind of go. There's usually like maybe ten or so people, right? And each season, it's it's almost like a joke. It's part of the show, but it's almost like a joke that like it'll start with like a dead body, but it's kind of it's kind of like playing with like the even in that interview, Mike White, he was like, I wanted to see what would happen if I put a dead body, and it turns out that people just really like watching stuff like that you know, right like, yeah. he's kind of playing around with like the you're TV, right it's like, a trope that like if you show like a murder at the beginning that people want to find out who did it right so they're going to be tuned into it even yeah. though i don't think i don't think that's the point of the show like, i think he plays around with that it is it's it's in the show but well, i think it's, it's, it's more it's, about the character it's what hitchcock called a MacGuffin, right yeah like he used to have yeah. these devices i think it's notorious there's one with like there's like a a nuclear code or something that like, they're trying to find and somebody asked him like you know because it wasn't really resolved at the end of the movie it might have been suspicion i can't remember but anyway he's like no it's he coined the phrase mcguffin he's like it's a mcguffin it's like it doesn't mean anything it's just to keep you interested in the plot long enough to get to the end of it and that's kind of what why lotus does is like there's they open with these oh did someone get killed did, some, did a bunch of people get killed and then in the last season it didn't matter at all this one, I'm not sure if it'll matter. Maybe we can get yeah, to that if maybe, we want to get into the yeah. plot stuff. But, but whether it does or doesn't, it's not really affect the quality of the show. Like it's not that important to the show as as, as I can see it. It kind of adds to the tension of the story because you're kind of like, what's happening? Like what? It's all about be, being on vacation, and ha- it's kind of like about like you try to go on vacation, but you can't leave yourself behind. Like right. you, you know, you can't ever get away from yourself, type of thing. The, the one of the things with this show is like all the characters or just about every single one of them is like just awful. Like people you wouldn't want to spend time with or they're pretty much, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so it's not like a show where you like a lot of the characters though. There are, there are a few on this season that I I'm hoping aren't the one cause you know, you know, somebody's dies, but you don't know who it is or a group. Well, it's of multiple people, people right? In the yeah, first yeah, episode, than, yeah. it's like, it's like two or three people or something like, yeah, they, exactly they say like, like more than one or, or right. several or something. So you don't, but you don't know who it is. And we know one person in the cast is, is not one of them that died because yeah. she's in the opening uh, scene. But but yeah, you don't know if any of these people died or multiple people died. It just kind of sets it up that way. The season starts off kind of calm and everyone's having a good time. And as it goes, it just gets like twistier and twistier and you're just more tense and you're just like... We could do spoilers on this one, right? Yeah. As long as we I'm tell people ahead of time. Huh? As long as we tell people ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll give a spoiler warning. We'll give a spoiler warning, but anyway, but I think uh, I, I said you know the last season I, I didn't think that really stuck the landing with the white privilege stuff, um, but this season to me the undercurrent of this season is toxic masculinity, and the ways in which men treat women, but even just not even just men treating women the way like there's toxic femininity in this season as well, like mm. the sexual dynamics between men and women. And I think that stuff has been really effective for me. Like one of the the families in here, the um, the Grosso family. Yeah. This is uh, Albie, and uh, Bird is the the dad. 
And uh, who's the um, who's the other guy? I mean, I know it's uh, Michael. It's Michael Imperioli. Uh, Dominic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The guy from The Sopranos. I don't know why I was struggling with it. Anyway, I wrote down their names, and that's the worst thing for me because I write it down. I forget. But anyway, um, the DeGrasso family is like the whole, part of the premise of this is that they're going back to Italy to discover their roots because they have Sicilian uh, ancestors. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah. There's a really funny scene in this last episode about that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, all three generations of men, the grandfather, the dad, and, and the son, or the, the grandson, like they all treat women what they think is the appropriate way to treat women, and they're all kind of wrong, which is the yeah. funniest thing about it. <laughs> because like in the first seat, first episode, we see the, the grandfather, played by F. Murray Abraham, he's just hitting on every woman that's out there. You know? And then farting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Right, that's right. Passing gas at the same time. Which flarting. Is- that's what I thought. I was like, that, it, they should call it flarting. It's like a new thing. <laughs> flirting and farting at the same time, which is a interesting Very tactic. Very successful. Uh, like, yeah. Probably yeah. not a successful Pro tactic. But, but anyway, we see him like with just this overly aggressive behavior towards women, and both the dad and the son are like, hey, you know, knock it off. Like, you know, like let's dial it back a little bit, you know. And but then you see the dad is like still married, but he's cheating on his wife with prostitutes while trying hypothetically to get his family back together. <laughs> so his way of getting his family back together is to go to Italy and sleep with prostitutes. But <laughs> but he's the you know he's the good one I guess. Um, and then you think okay, well the son's got it right. He treats women. Yeah, with, at with first respect. you think yeah. But then the more you watch him, you're like, yeah, he is respectful of women, but he's also. Annoying and he's like the nice like, guy, the, the guy who thinks total he's nice, nice guy nice syndrome. Guy it's like, like, right, like you're dude, she's not into you, man. Like, leave it alone. Like, he's the, the most obnoxious, like, nice guy at certain points. He falls this. for a girl and he says, like, she's like a broken bird, you know, right? Like, yeah, he, he's and like falling for these. I think the dad or the grandfather's like, she's just a woman, like, she has issues just like you. You're like mm-hmm. making this big thing out of it, you know. So you see, like, all these different generations of, like, toxic traits with men. It's, like, it's kind of funny to have Like, they all have issues with relating to women properly. Like, and they all think they're right. Or, or well, I don't know if Dominic thinks. He's, he he's knows that he has self-aware. a problem. Yeah, he knows he has a problem. He's, like, trying to deal with it. but or At least he's aware of it, yeah. He's not doing anything about it, but he's aware of it. The <laughs> way that story goes is really, I don't, it's kind of funny the, 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 the twist that happens <laughs> i was cracking open anyway yeah no it's really funny um and then but i was also gonna say like and you think okay well it's a critique of men or whatever but they show like women some negative women female traits as well because the hotel manager is like totally sexually harassing her employees because she's you know a lesbian and she's like has this unrequited love attention for one of her workers mm-hmm. and we see her kind of like not know how to be a good boss and just be like because her needs aren't being met she's wanting to you know do these things she shouldn't be doing and then we see some of the women in their relationships with like you know antagonizing their husbands or you know cheating around on their husbands like there's there's like a lot of dynamics where it's not just men making mistakes when it comes to relationships it's women as well so that's what I really liked about this season like it really explores the, the, the sexual politics really well I think there's so much to say about this show. Why don't we do like a let's talk spoilers for yeah, let's it. Use, we can do that. We're let's gonna do that for like a few minutes. Uh, if you don't want to, if you want to, maybe skip ahead a a few minutes. If you don't want to hear that, hopefully we won't go too long on that. But 
So we're on episode six. We got one more to go. Okay. Do you have? I feel like there's someone I hope is the one that one of the ones that dies. Like, <laughs> and then I have is people. Is it Cameron or? Yeah, <laughs> I think Cameron is the one where I'm like, okay, yeah, I want that guy needs to be taken out. See, at, out so of all the other ones, but I I agree with you on some level because Cameron's the most obviously obnoxious guy on the whole show. But that's also why I don't think he'll be the one that dies. <laughs> also, it's his wife at the beginning of the show who's like actually in the shot. So I think even though, yeah, it's her husband, and there's theories that maybe she killed him. Yeah, like that's one thing I'm kind of like, that'd be kind of interesting. But it still seems like she's too blasé about it at the beginning for that to have been the case. Like, like she's, if, she, if her husband just died, even if she did it, like you're going to be like, the, eh, he, you know, someone died in the water or whatever. Like, I feel like that one seems like too obvious to me. Even though I agree that like if all the people that I could feel die like that would show, be the like, most satisfying thing for for me right now. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like when when it first started the season, uh, I was like, okay, she's kind of like the conservative like housewife type character. Mm-hmm. This and is that's uh, sort of Daphne you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. She's really one of the more more interesting characters. Like as as it's gone on, you're, right, right. You're kind of like, what's going on? What's what's the deal? She's like, like the she's she comes across in the early episodes like the dumb blonde, like who doesn't know anything about her husband or whatever. Yeah. And then as the show goes on, you're like, actually, she's pretty savvy. Like she, she knows, knows the what stuff he's her doing. husband's up to. She's aware of her position, kind of in this marriage, and it it either doesn't bother her or at least she's accepted enough to like move on with her life. She's like the most well-adjusted character in a lot of ways. Yeah, which is weird to say, but like, <laughs> and she has it's she's it seems like she's had less screen time than a lot of the other characters in that there's like a the two couples. Well, there's Ethan her. and um, uh, Aubrey Plaza's character. What's her What's her character name? I can't remember. Uh, Harper, Ethan, and Harper are the other two. Yeah, the other couple that's with them. Um, and this is like the most dysfunctional marriage <laughs> I've ever seen. Like, this is like two people who should not be together. Clearly, they do not love each other. They do not like each other. Like, they're only together because I guess they had some connection in college or something. It never tells you exactly how they got together, but that's kind of the opinion you get. Okay, here's a question: Out of the three groups, like the 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 couples, and then the the three. The DeGrazzo. DeGrazzo. Yeah. And then uh, Tanya, I guess, is... The Tanya's the other one, yeah. Which which one do you think is most likely, like, where the deaths are happening? I think it's going to be Ethan. You think he's the one that's going to die? Yeah, him and maybe Harper both, or at least him. Because I don't think the DeGrazzo's, like... They haven't really done anything wrong. I mean, they're not great people, but, like, they haven't really... They haven't done anything that would, like... Be like, oh my, they should, you know, they should go. Um, but they're they're the two most dysfunctional people to me, Ethan Harper. Like, yeah, I'm not saying they need to die. Don't get me wrong, but but like they need to like have a change in their dynamic or something. That's just my my. That's theory, what you know? I because th- uh, they kind of the Tanya thing. I think they try to. She's off on this island with all these. Uh, this uh, what do they? What does she call them? Like, they're like. High-class gaze. High-class. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to think of a way to say it without being, like, seeming, like, discriminatory. Like, yeah, high-class gaze is a good way. <laughs> Isn't that what she says? Right. Something like that, yeah. She's yeah. like, these are some, oh, these are some high-class some, gays. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Exactly, yeah. Some some very rich gay men, uh, but, but one in particular that, that, like, befriends her. And it's it seems very obvious from the beginning, I think, that, that there's something up af- front that, like, he's... He's super nice to her for seemingly no reason, and obviously she has a lot of money, 
and they're presenting like they have a lot of money as well, but then you find out in the last episode that, well, actually, they don't really have as much money because they have this, like, giant estate that's, like, taxes and everything. So the theory is that, that they're plotting something against Tanya to get her money, either killing her or stealing it or something, you know. The like, theory uh, that I see that I, I feel is probably what's happening is because... He talks Which the high-class gay, like the main high-class gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. He, he yeah. says like, it's, he's it's talking like about like he was yeah. in love with this cowboy who right. didn't love him back. Right. And then there were theories like after that that it was Greg, like Tanya's husband. That, and I was like, what? How see, when that? I watched it, I didn't see the picture closely enough, I guess, to, to realize uh-huh. it was Greg. So I only heard that after the fact that that was him in the picture. And I don't know if It took me been... a second when, I, when it showed it to, to recognize it. But I think because I'd heard that theory, I was like, oh, because they're it showed right. them too when they were young the two men so it seems like greg's like connected to it and there's another theory that because it, it kind of ends with her she's they've like given her all this like cocaine and mm-hmm. she's like in bad shape and they bring this like guy who's probably like a sex worker right, there, right. and it kind of ends with them together but i like that scene by the way it's pretty <laughs> Because the, the gay guy earlier is like, I've heard he's well hung, but I don't know for sure or something like that. And then you see like, yeah, he is like, we're going to tell you. Like, <laughs> we're going to show you that he is. That scene that's kind of, you're talking about like this guy walks in, he's like completely, completely naked. Completely naked, yeah. There was this on, I'm doing a Reddit thing I saw. In that scene where he walks in, you're kind of distracted by, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> right. But there's actually a like in the corner I don't know if it's in that exact shot, mm-hmm. but it's in that moment. Uh, there's like a red light where that because people think that that there's a camera that they're they're oh, trying to videotape. Okay. I didn't see that. Yeah. They're trying to videotape it to be like uh, proof of infidelity. Right, because that's the, another theory is that her prenuptial or whatever doesn't include infidelity. Yeah. So if she's caught cheating, that Greg, her um, husband, could actually inherit her money, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I've heard that theory, but I didn't see the camera thing. I can see I, after I saw that I was like, oh my gosh! I think that's the most likely thing on that. To they're definitely like, setting her up for something. I don't if, even if they're not killing her, like because another, another thing is that it's going to have another season, and he loves working with her, and she's the thread that connected the first and second one. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to do the same thing with her, or if he's going to pick someone else from one of the other characters to bring that. Because I think that would be kind of interesting if, like, maybe in the third season she's not in it, but like. We should shout out Somebody Jennifer Coolidge for, for a minute. Jennifer, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's having a really good year. <laughs> yeah, she won an Emmy. She, she for won the Emmy for for it last year, right? Yeah. And so she's she's in this one. I don't know if she'll win another one, but she's really good in this one. But uh, did you see the one on Netflix? The uh, was it the Strangers? Uh, or, not the Strangers. Um, the Watcher. The Watcher. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't see it. I know it's, what you're talking it's, about. It's not good. I'm not saying you should watch it. <laughs> but I somehow <laughs> got two. really sucked into it for like some reason, and I watched it over the weekend. And even though it's not a real good show, like she's so funny in that show, like <laughs> where she's having drinks with uh, um, Naomi Watts' character, and they're getting like a glass of wine, and she's like, she has this like resting bitch face, and she's, can I get a holiday pour here? <laughs> it's like one of the funniest moments in the whole show. But she, she's like, she has these moments that she's just hysterical. Like she's really funny. There's one like in in White Lotus when. I can't remember the guy's like it's it's in the one of the first couple episodes and like her husband is like he walks in and he's like oh let me uh i gotta 
go, let me take a shower. Like my right. balls are really right. sweaty right now. And she walks away and turns, he says something like that. And she just like watches him leave. And she's like, hmm, he really loves me. Right. Or something like that. Right. <laughs> the way she she's trying, trying to have sex with him. And then he's like, yeah, I need to clean up or something. And she's just, he's just like, it's so obviously not true, but she's... <laughs> She really cares about me. <laughs> right. She she has like just great line delivery. Okay. Uh, I feel like we should move on because we there's a lot yeah, to talk yeah. about. We can, we can talk about the show. For this an is hour. the cool not, yeah. show. Watch uh, watch uh, White Lotus if you can. Good show. Okay, man. You, you do your eight. So my eight is a uh, Dahmer. Oh, okay, okay. Dahmer this- slash monster Dahmer the Jeffrey Dahmer monster story. <laughs> This thing had like a really weird title. It was like, what is the title of this thing? Like, they could have just called it Dahmer, but <laughs> I think they couldn't call it Monster because of the Charlene's, Charlie's Theorem movie. But, oh, okay. So they was like Dahmer, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story or something. <laughs> but anyway, leave that. Leave the title aside. It's. I thought this was actually like really good. Like maybe mm-hmm. I'm overrating it in my mind compared to some people, but it's definitely. Um, Ryan Murphy, who who did it, who's done a lot of... We talked a bit about him mm. a little bit, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. Done a lot of shows for Netflix and FX. Um, we started off with uh, Nip Tuck years ago, and then he did Glee, and then he did American Horror Story. And, but he's done a ton of stuff for Netflix the last few years that I think have been mostly terrible. Like, most of the stuff he's done has not been good. But he has, like, this giant Netflix contract, so he has to do so many shows before he's up for this contract. They paid him, like, a ton of money, too, mm, like $300 yeah. million or something to do all this stuff. Um, but almost everything he's made, I, I think, with the exception of the um, American Crime Story, the assassination of Johnny Versace, which I actually really liked. Yeah, I, I like that. Did you watch that one years ago? Mm-hmm. I've watched all three seasons, or four. Oh, the OJ and uh, the impeachment? And, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And the impeachment one was not good. Um, <laughs> we talked yeah. about that last year. <laughs> it was not good. But the, the, the assassination of Gianni, Gianni Versace was actually pretty good to me, and... This show, Dahmer, is the closest thing I've seen to that, and maybe in some ways surpasses it, actually. Like, if you're going to do a show about a serial killer, which a lot of people do, shows, movies about serial killers, this was the one that I thought re-examined serial killers the best way, because it's most shows about serial killers, they're brilliant, reclusive, you know, these masterminds that, you know, they're above us, basically. This is the show that, like, brings a serial killer down to our level and shows you this is a a terrible person. He's not a particularly bright person, and he's not that cunning. Um, he gets away with what he does because the cops basically just didn't investigate him. Like, they didn't do their job. It examines, you know, racism in a lot of ways where most of his victims were young, gay, black men, Mm -hmm. so they didn't care that much about investigating crimes. There are several instances where he could have been caught and the police just didn't follow up on stuff. And it also is, it shows you a community kind of destroyed by his crimes. Um, So even though the first, I think people will probably struggle with the first two or three episodes because they are just the killings. They're like, oh, we're going to show you Jeffrey Dahmer doing this heinous stuff. And you're like, oh my, I don't want to watch that. But when you get deeper into the series, it really goes back and does the legwork of like, this is the effect of what he did in this Milwaukee community. Um, This is the victims and how they died and what happened to their families. These are the people that lived around him and had to deal with like living in the same apartment complex that he did. That's crazy. And it's, it's just, it's tragic, but it's very, very effective. And I thought Evan Peters 
I don't know if he'll win the Emmy for Best Actor, but he was amazing in this in this role. And all the actors in it are actually really good. I don't know if you saw it or not, but I haven't seen it yet. I, I've I knew it was a big hit, and I, you mentioned it, and I think it was the same thing with the boys, where I'd be like, I need to watch that, and I'd be like, I don't know if I want to watch that kind of thing right now. Right. But it looks interesting. I think I've I think at some point, like in the last few years, I went down like a Jeffrey Dahmer rabbit hole on right. YouTube or something. So I felt like I'd heard the story or maybe well, I watched the documentary. You remember like, cause this was all 91, 92 when this stuff's being reported. We were in middle school. Like this was such a big story. Yeah. I don't yeah. think people know, like if they weren't alive then, like this was on the news nightly. Oh, we found another body or Jeffrey Dahmer did this. Or like, it was like for a year or two nonstop, you hear Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. People made Jeffrey Dahmer jokes all the time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> people would like, call me. They're like, Hey, Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm like, right. that's not my last name. man. Right. <laughs> right. I, I had all of them, man. So Jack, man, leaves you a lot of possibilities. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was like, this was like a huge, huge story. And I mean, he's not the last serial killer, but he kind of feels like the last serial killer in some ways. Like the last guy that did crime on this level that was this big a deal, like in America. And that's the other thing, too, I think this show tells you is like, this is a very specific period of time where you can get away with this stuff. It, we, it doesn't exist anymore. With DNA, with cameras, with oh, cell yeah. phones, like, I'm not saying you couldn't kill a lot of people, but it would take a lot of work to get away with it for this long, like, like they did back then. You're making me want to go watch it. <laughs> That's one I've, I've almost watched it several times. You know, it's kind of that thing where you're like... I mean, it's it's I'm, dark. It's not like a fun, pleasant watch, but it... <laughs> it sounds interesting, though. It's definitely interesting, and I... You know, I'm not a big, like, I don't read true crime stuff about serial killers. So for me to, like, see, and I'm not saying it's 100% accurate. I've kind of read some stuff afterwards. It's mostly accurate, but there's some stuff that's not 100% accurate. I usually like that kind of stuff. Like Right. It's it's pretty interesting, like, how he got away with, with so much of what he did. Yeah. And there was, like, several opportunities to catch him, and they just didn't do it. And I want to shout out to, um, uh, I don't know if it's Nisi or Nisi Nash, uh, his neighbor, um, the actress playing her is really good in this. I mean, I think she'll probably be like a, a best supporting actress contender. I think I've seen her in. Yeah, stuff. she was in, I don't know if she's in Reno 911 or what she was in. She's in a lot of comedy shows, but she's like a, a black actress. She's, she's she really was on good. Better Call Saul. At I one, think she might have been, yeah. I think she been, played yeah. like, a, like in the first couple of seasons. I think you're right, yeah. Was she like a judge or a, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's been in a lot of stuff that you've seen. Um, but she's really good in this show. She's like his next door neighbor okay. who calls the police and tells them like there's something going on next door and no one believes her and, like there's this really I'm sh- sure it's not accurate but there's this really intense scene between them where she's called the police on him and he goes over and knocks on her door and he offers her like a sandwich oh god <laughs> she's like what's in the sandwich Jeff <laughs> and it's funny but the way it's played is so intense you're like Shh. She shouldn't eat the sandwich, but also don't <laughs> piss this guy off because he's in your apartment and you're by yourself. Like, you know, there's like a really intense scene between them. And then also um, uh, Richard Jenkins, who a lot of people know from Six oh, Feet yeah. Under, really good mm-hmm. character actor, been in a ton of stuff. Um, he plays his dad in the show. Oh, okay. And there's an episode. The other thing that's cool about this show is like each episode deals with a different like topic. It's not just like a continuous story. And this episode is like after he gets sentenced for his crimes – the dad is like it's from his perspective and he's like beating up himself or like how did I not see this happening and like how did I not stop it and but he's also still loves his son because it's still his son 
And you don't think mm. about the emotional pain that the parents or the people close to somebody like this go through as well. So I don't know. It does a really good job exploring all those different angles of what a serial killer does to, to people. Cool. Anyway, that's my number eight. Okay. My number seven is this almost feels like controversial, but I, I just really like this show. You might, it, it was a uh, rings of power, the Amazon Lord of the Rings. I show. didn't watch it, and I, I really wish I had, and I just didn't get around to it, so I apologize. But yeah. oh. I know it's a big deal. Yeah. You, I'm so mad. <laughs> no, I, and I'm is, a big Lord of the Rings guy, too. That's the crazy thing. I love Lord of the Rings. Yeah, me, me too. Yeah. It has the weirdest reception to me, because like, a lot of people watched it, and there's like you get on YouTube, like there are so many people who just like trash it, and like they, they were bothered by all this stuff, and the, I'm like... The people that I trust what? have told me it's good, so I, I'm pretty sure it's good, but... I don't think it's like it's not as good as the Peter Jackson movies, but mm -hmm. it's based on a lot of Tolkien, like Middle Earth stuff from like I think the appendices and well, it's, it's kind of the if you go back because my dad was a huge Lord of the Rings guy, like he read the books back in the '60s, so mm -hmm. he got me into them when I was young. Um, so he wrote, you know, The Hobbit, he wrote The Fellowship, The Two Towers, The Return of the King, all all the original trilogy. But he wrote a book called The Samarillion, which is mm -hmm. kind of a, a precursor history to Middle Earth, I guess, before the It's like the, uh, the First Age, and then the, the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit is in the Third Age of Middle okay, Earth. Okay, yeah, something like that. And this show is the Second Age. Second so it's, Age. It's okay. kind of like the age that like, hasn't been explored. But it's basically the, if you watch Lord of the Rings, the movies, like the prologue at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. Right. Uh, it's, it's basically the story of like how all the rings were made kind of. Yeah, because there's what nine of them, right? Yeah, there's there's seven, nine for men, nine. and then like seven for the troll or the troll. The right, dwarfs. right. Yeah, each each the, class the, had a different different amount. The elves have three, then there's like the one ring. The one ring to rule them all. Yeah, right. I was unsure before it started, and then I listened to this up the Ringerverse uh, podcast. They did a kind of a preview podcast, and they interviewed this guy that. He'd, he'd written on, I can't, it was like Brian something, I can't remember his name. Mm -hmm. He'd been a Game of Thrones writer on that show, the original one. And then uh, they brought him on. They wanted him to, he ended up consulting with them as they were developing the show. And uh, he went in with a lot of skepticism. And he was really taken with like their vision and, and their passion. And their, they'd like start the writer's room with like, they'd like read a Tolkien quote, you know, mm -hmm. with kind of getting the spirit of the, the thing. And then uh, Jenny Hutchison, who was a writer on like Breaking Bad, and then uh, she was on Better Call Saul till like no, she's the third or fourth out. season, and she left Better Call Saul to go write on this show. She wrote like the there's eight episodes of Rings of Power. She did the second episode, and I think she like co-wrote the finale. But it has good uh, pedigree. Mm -hmm. I think it's better than what people think is going on. I think a lot of people are just like they see it as like. They spent all this money to make this show, and they're right. just making a show to make a new Game of Thrones thing, which is is true. But I think it's actually really well done. And the well, the just special because your intentions are to make money doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, <laughs> I think they went. I think they did it the right way. Like I'm really impressed by it. Like it's the special effects, the the, the cast, and everything. I'm just like, man, this is. 
No, I've really heard, I've heard it's really good. Uh, the only reason I didn't watch it is at the time that it came out, I was really busy with work and a lot of other things. And I was like, if I watch one episode and I get into it, I'm going to be stuck with this thing for the next week. So I'm going to wait till I have like some time off. Like probably the Christmas break, I'll watch it. But uh, it's one of those I really want to just like sit with it for a yeah. while. Um, it has a different pace than the because it's going to be. I think it's supposed to be like five seasons. Mm-hmm. It has a different pace than the the movies. I, I don't know. I just really liked it. I don't know what else to say. There, there's more to say, but. I feel like we need to. No, J.R.R. Tolkien is an amazing guy. He was a linguist, uh, prof- linguistics professor at uh, Oxford, I think. Um, but he wrote the Lord of the Rings. Um, he wrote this entire mythology backstory, language songs, like all this stuff. Like you would be surprised, like the average person would be surprised at how much stuff he wrote about this this world, like this, Middle this, Earth. Like this show made me want to go back and like I've been reading through like the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit a little bit, but I read a biography, like one of the official biographies about him, like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went into his history of like, like a lot of it was it is it, it was inspired by his, his love of language and right. like he would want to invent like this new language that was based on like Welsh or something. That I, I think, think that's like Finnish is like the main one he used. Like Finnish, okay. Because yeah, I think that's why like Viggo Mortensen who speaks Finnish, I guess, is like he was, oh, okay. he was able to do the language. I guess cause yeah, a lot of it's based on it. I guess like and the main actress in the this show, she's from she's Welsh. Mm-hmm. And she's she plays like the young Galadriel. Okay. Yeah. So she the way she speaks is have that. It's really cool. Like I I, I was re- I really liked it. No, if I if I knew more about it to get into the details of it, I would, definitely would because I I do want to check it out. But, but yeah, I mean, I grew up with reading The Hobbit. I read The Hobbit when I was like ten or eleven, and yeah. I read the the rest of them the next year, I think. So yeah, I've been rereading it. And I got the Fellowship, like the audio book. I've been listening to it. Like it's good. Uh, okay, do your seven. Man, we're... I feel like we're not going quickly, but we also share a lot of the show, the same show, so I think we're... Sorry, I can just speed it up here. No, no, no. <laughs> I think we're going to start talking about very similar shows. Seven, I got Atlanta. Okay, that's my number two. All yeah. right, number two. I wondered if I put it too low, and I think you might have got it pretty right. Um, I love I love Atlanta. <laughs> I love the show. So good. Uh, I'm sorry I missed out on this. You talked about it last year. I just haven't... It's one of those shows I just never watched for some reason, and I watched part of season three, which, by the way, is most people don't like season three. I found out when I've been listening to podcasts and stuff. It's I guess it's because they went to Europe and they didn't like the subplots or whatever. But mm-hmm. but anyway, um, I watched part of season three. I really liked it, and then I went back and watched a little bit of season one, and then I was like, well, I want to keep up with the current season, so I, I started watching four week oh. in and week out. But I missed a couple episodes, so I finally like just this last couple of weeks went back and watched the ones that I missed, and so. I, th- I thought about putting it on my list anyway. And have you seen the first two seasons yet? I have not. No. Oh wow. No, okay. and I, I know they're like really good, but. Um, Interesting. Yeah, no, I, and it's it's a show too that I can tell that I'm missing some things because I didn't watch the early seasons, so I don't know the relationship dynamics as well as somebody who's watched the show. But Atlanta, for people who don't know, is uh, these these three guys: um, Earn, uh, Paperboy, and, and Darius, and Van, um, who's Earn's. Uh, kind of girlfriend um but basically you know their relationship is is i think Ern and paperboy are cousins right mm-hmm. and uh yeah. is just a friend but their relationship in atlanta and you know their careers and it's it's this dynamic between these these three or four people but it's just a hysterically funny show it's like this insane surreal satire of like american life and black life it's, it's crazy 
Donald Glover created it. I mean, you know more about it than me. Yeah, so I've been a fan of this show since it, since the first episode. Like I've, I've been first season. I think was 2016, maybe something like that. Yeah. And then the second season was 2018. And then the, they didn't have any episode, any seasons for like four years. I guess it ended up being like with the pandemic and everything. So this year they ended up doing putting out two seasons. They did the third and fourth season, both in 2022. The third season was in the spring, and then the this final season was like probably like the last maybe September and October or some, somewhere around there. But I, I was one of the ones that when the third season came back, like I was like super hyped because I'm just like right, this is like one of the best shows of the last like decade. It's finally coming back, and they did all these uh, like anthology episodes. Mm-hmm. I think like f- there's ten episodes of the third season. I think like four of them didn't even have any of the cast really in them, and it kind of I think. I know for me personally, I was just because I, I love those characters, and I'm I'm like, what are they up to? Like, you want to see the the <laughs> the cast is like they've got all gotten like huge like after, from the show. Like, it's, it's like a real influential show. I think the the writing is like really unique and thought provoking, and yeah, it's they a, do it's a lot hard of stuff to explain that, this show to people if you haven't watched it because it's a really weird show. But basically, it's it's a satire, but also a surrealist look at like black life in America. Basically, I remember when it first started, like uh, Donald Glover would call it uh, Twin Peaks with rappers. <laughs> that's probably a pretty good point. Yeah, that's not that's not far off. Like because it has like a real part of it feels like very very grounded and real mm. and then part then it but this other side of it is just like there's like all this supernatural type st- stuff you're just like does, what does that mean what does what did that happen or yeah <laughs> but it, anyway the, the third season i was because when it came back i was like oh this is going to be on my top 10 like mm-hmm. easy, easy and then the third season i i liked it a lot but it really th- kind of threw me for a loop i was just like it it, it felt like it was like so ambitious because it was the season they 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 spend it in Europe. They're kind of on tour. Like Paperboy, the rapper, he gets like uh, Brian Tyree Henry. He mm-hmm. gets uh, like famous, kind of in the part we didn't see. Right. He got famous, and then he's uh, so season four it's, is kind of all, the response to that too. Like him dealing with his fame and like how much longer does his career? Yeah, season four, like they he, they all come back to Atlanta, and it's kind of more at ground. I don't know it. I think if it was just the third season, it it might have been like number nine or ten or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought the fourth season was just amazing for as like uh, out there as the third season was. It was so much more ground. It was kind of like all the stuff you wanted to see. Like you want to know like what happens with the characters and where how all the stuff is affecting them. I mean, there's some serious moments I want to talk about, but there's like some funny moments that we should get to because this is like <laughs> one of the funniest shows I've ever, <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> So, um, my, I wrote down some funny scenes just so we could talk about them. But, yeah. like, the first episode, the air fryer uh, with Darius, <laughs> where it's basically... it's The most Atlanta, I think, is what it's called. The most Atlanta, I think, is yeah, that's his name. But, basically, he's trying to return this air fryer to, to I guess, a target. And um, at the same time, there's all these riots going on. I don't know if this is the George Floyd stuff or this is just, like, a random riot. But... but Basically, everyone's looting the store, and everyone's fleeing, and he's just, like, trying to get this thing returned. <laughs> the cashier is like, uh, man, do you see what's going on here? Like, you know, I mean, he says the N-word, like, I can't say it, but, but, like, he's like, come on, man, like, you see what's going on here? 
And he's like, I'm just trying to return this thing. So anyway, he can't return it, so he goes outside. And the funny bit is, like, this old white lady who's in a wheelchair, like, has a little knife. And it's, like, trying to stop him. <laughs> so he just basically just sidesteps her, like, okay. And then, like, she basically shows up everywhere he goes from then on the whole episode. <laughs> she's just chasing him with a knife. Right, like, he's, like, like just walking down slowly, the street, like... and she's just, like, rolling behind him, like, a solid, like, 50, 60 yards away, just slowly in this motorized <laughs> wheelchair. And he just keeps looking over his shoulder and he's like, what the hell? Like, this lady won't go away. And then finally at the end of the episode, he, like, gives the air fryer to someone else. And then she follows that lady. So, <laughs> uh, The, um, what's, what's, oh, this is my, this is one of my favorite episodes, the Crank That Killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where Paperboy has um, uh, discovered that there's a guy killing people who did Crank That videos back in the, back in the day when they did the Soldier Boy videos. <laughs> I had to Google that because I was like, I don't know if <laughs> I remember. I remember, remember the, Soldier Boy? I do. I, do, I remember him, but I didn't remember the Everybody video. Everybody did that dance, man. Come on. Uh, okay. I mean, I you missed out. But anyway, um, I, I but basically one. this guy is like killing people who did the YouTube videos and, and Paperboy's like, well, yeah, I did one. Everyone did one back then. <laughs> and, and Ern is like, well, it's only got like eight views or something. You'll probably be all right. <laughs> But he's paranoid that the guy's going to get him. And the subplot is that there's this other rapper that's trying to, like, team up with him to do, like, a record. But he's really terrible. And so, <laughs> so Paperboy, like, anytime he goes to the studio, he finds a way to get out of it. And then finally he shows up one day and he's not prepared. So he just, like, throws his coffee over the soundboard and destroys it. <laughs> he's like, oh, sorry, man, the equipment's out today. Like, it's not working. <laughs> And it pays off at the end because he goes to the mall and like the killer is there trying to get him and there's like a gunfight that ensues and he's like running outside and this guy pulls up in a car to rescue him and he drives off and he's like, oh man, thanks, man. You saved my life. And it's the same guy that's been trying to do the video. With. <laughs> and he's like, hey, let's go to the studio. Let's record that album. And he's like, he's got this look of like, damn, man. Like He, <laughs> he knows he has to return the favor, but he <laughs> it's like, that's one of the funniest episodes I've ever seen. And then they did this, the, like, eighth episode is called, uh... The is that the one in the woods, or...? It's the, it's the one about the making of the, the Goofy movie. Right, that was another one I had, yeah. <laughs> Goof on the couch or something, yeah. It's this, like, totally serious-looking documentary about the guy that took over Disney in 95 to make the Goofy movie, which is all fake. Like, none of this happened. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, it got me looking it up. I was like, did any of this happen? Did, like... Was there any it's black kinda like the, or the, like that Goofy is like a a black character like that Right. That's the premise is that Goofy is actually secretly black. He's like the mm -hmm. blackest it's the blackest movie like that it's ever right. been made or something. <laughs> so the ideal is that Michael Eisner or whoever retires from Disney and they need another CEO, so they just like appoint this guy Thomas something, Thomas Jefferson or something, whatever his name is. I can't and remember. it's like Thomas something, but they think it's a white guy, but it's actually a black guy. And secretly, he's been wanting to do a Goofy movie the whole time because that's his favorite character because he thinks he's black. <laughs> and he basically does this, this movie. This, in, in the documentary, you know, mockumentary, this is all fake. But, like, in the, supposedly in the Goofy movie, like, Goofy's going to be pulled over by the cops and get killed by the cops because he, he's black. <laughs> it is, it's the most ridiculous thing. And then the ending of it is, like, he's... He, he thinks he is goofy and he goes insane or something. Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he gets fired from Disney and he, he thinks he is goofy. And like the ending is like they're looking for his body and they're dragging the river. And there's like a pair of goofy shoes in the river. <laughs> <laughs> and 
There's a glove. There's like a goofy glove. It's like spoilers. <laughs> if you haven't seen, it. you know you can't spoil this show. Honestly, you just have to experience yeah. the show. Like it's. Yeah, I love this show. It was my number two. Like it. Oh, when the end. There's man, nothing like it. When they there, show, there when they show up with the Popeyes at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's trying to support black-owned businesses, and the, the sushi guy is like a, a black uh, sushi chef or whatever, and they all hate the restaurant. And uh, Paperboy sees like a Popeyes across the street. He's like, <laughs> Let's go to Popeyes, and he's like, "No, nah, man, you guys support black-owned businesses." And and they're like, the guy that owns the restaurant finally comes out and like calls them on their stuff, and he's like, "Man, you guys buy some, uh, you know, garbage like Popeyes is actually a white businessman. You don't support the community. Like, gives them this hard time, and they're feeling kind of bad about. It. Yeah, we didn't really." Give the place a chance. And then Darius just shows up out of nowhere in this purple Maserati. <laughs> and he's got like Popeyes and they just get out and they're all like driving down the highway. <laughs> that was a really, it, it's really, it's funny. But it, if you think about what they're saying, because right, yeah. that was written by Donald Glover. It was like the season finale. And he's, series a, show, finale. he's a show creator. Yeah. And, he, and it was kind of like, it, it's really kind of what Atlanta, I think, was trying to do in a way. It's been a minute since I've watched the episode, but I remember being like, wow, they're like saying a lot about kind of what they were trying to do with this show. Right, and it's, a, it's so great because it's funny and serious at the same time. Like it, you can take it as a genuine critique of like, you know, and, and obviously, you know, me and you're not black, uh, spoiler alert. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but if you are black and like, how do you support your community? Um, and like, you may have to, you know, embrace some things that you're not comfortable with or whatever. But then at the same time, it's like, but you like what you like, you know, you may, yeah. <laughs> it's like, is it, is it meant to be taken seriously or meant to be taken funny? That's what I love about it. Like it'd be taken both ways, you know? I've heard that the, uh, hero Mirai is like one, the guy that he directed probably like half of the whole series. Right. He's, he's, a he's, he's like really, really good. He, I think I heard him, it was him or Donald Glover said that they wanted the tone of the show to be like, where you don't know if like something really, really funny is about to happen or if, like, someone's about to get shot right. or something. Like, the tone is, like, you, you're almost, you're almost like, on the edge of your seat because you're, like, you don't know what's going to happen. And then something hilarious will happen. And then something pretty, like, uncomfortable and, like, kind of violent will happen. Or It's got a real interesting tone to it. Do you it. remember the, the second episode? It's the Humblest Little Horse, I think, is the second one mm -hmm. with the children's book writer. Of like, the fourth season? Yeah, in the fourth season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, were both seasons released this year? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I apologize. I thought it was just season four this year. I yeah, the third season year. was like in March and April. Or okay, maybe that's why I saw it. Okay. So in that case, yeah, I should have included that one as well. But but I was just talking about season four for this year. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like, it's an episode where, it, I mean, there's some funny stuff in it, but it's not really a funny episode. But it's basically Earn has like gone back to therapy because of an event that happened in college where a white girl, you know, accused him of inappropriate behavior and he got kicked out of college, so he's going through therapy to work this stuff out, and he gets to a good place with his therapist, and then there's a, there's a subplot or a second story where this woman, this uh, white woman, is trying to get, like, a children's book published, and she's, like, really impoverished, and she's on, you know, I don't know if she's on food stamps, but she's living in welfare and has her friends helping her out, and she finally gets this break where someone reads her story and, and gives her a chance to, to read this book to some kids, some inner-city kids, and, and get it published, and then, like, the kids are so terrible to her that the publicist who shows up and the people who show up to, like, support her are like, oh, forget this book. They cancel the book. And so she goes back to basically being poor. 
And it turns out that Earn had set the whole thing up. He paid mm-hmm. these kid actors to ruin her moment because this is the girl that <clears> messed <throat> up his life or reminds him of the girl that messed up his life when he was younger. And it's like, it's it's f- kind of like funny that he got his revenge, but it's also like, but it's kind of sick too. Like, yeah, like you proved your point, but like you're a pretty terrible person for doing this. Like, yeah, they do a lot of episodes like that where it's it's funny in a way, but then the, you think about it, and you're like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, because even like uh, even Darius paper were like, you did that? Like, damn man, you got <laughs> issues. You need to go back to therapy. <laughs> and like he's laughing, and then he's like. Yeah, he uh, says it right. He's yeah. like, yeah, I need to go back to therapy. Yeah, I probably do. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't learn any lesson, yeah. It's like, yeah. Anyway, that's a great show. Yeah, I, I had it uh, number seven. You had it number two. So. Yeah. All right, my number six. This is one I think might be on your list. It's uh, Andor. Did you see that? Yeah, and it's number one on my list. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it would be higher on yours, so I didn't have to like. I was, it was going to be my bombshell because it was going to be a big reveal that I had Andor as number one. Oh man! But no, go ahead. Like everybody, like I, I love Star Wars stuff, but uh, it's kind of been a lot of the stuff that's been out lately. It feels like it's kind of always got like a, a cute kid character to appeal to like the kids, and there's not like I don't know. It, it, a lot of Star Wars and Marvel stuff. It feels like it's like. Yeah, that's good. It, it it doesn't like engage like a a a real like adult part of your brain really, but it's still fun in in that way. You know who Frank Miller is? Yeah, the famous comic book writer of the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Did Sin City, did a lot of stuff. Well, he did Batman in the eighties, and you know what he said? He said, "I gave Batman his balls back." Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Tony Gilroy gave Star Wars his balls back. Yeah. <laughs> that's my opinion on this show. It took me, when, when I first started watching it, I was kind of like, I'd heard good things about it, and it, I was kind of like, I was like, what is, what is happening? Like, I don't understand. It took me a minute to, like, kind of readjust my expectations and kind of even how I, like, watch Star Wars stuff, because it's, it's really more like a, like a spy thriller type, type show. Like, I was just blown away by how good the show is, like, honestly. I didn't even really want to watch it because of the Star Wars stuff that's come out the last few years. I'm so sick of it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like the prequels. I don't like the um, the sequels that came out a few years ago. I, I did like Mandalorian. I like the Mandalorian, but I didn't like the Boba Fett thing. I didn't. Yeah. A lot of the stuff I watch, I'm just like, I'm not into it. It's, it feels very forced. It feels very formulaic. And so everyone told me the show was good, so I was like, I guess I'll check it out, even though I'm really like, I think it's gonna suck. And yeah. within the first 10 minutes, I was like, oh, it's not going to suck. It's definitely not going to suck. It actually opens kind of like Blade Runner. Like, it reminds me of, of kind of the opening of Blade Runner where he goes to this weird planet and there's two guys accosting him and there's a murder and it kind of sets the whole plot in motion. But this is, a, this is a Star Wars show where there is murder, there is sex, like there is violence. Like, this is not a... I mean, it's it's kid-friendly in the sense that there's no, like, gratuitous... There's no nudity or, you know, anything like that in mm. it. It's a Disney Plus show. But it's an adult show. Like, this is a serious show. And I, I told someone else this the other day. I was like, if you haven't seen a single Star Wars, like, you've never watched Star Wars, never watched Empire Strikes Back, you don't get, care about Star Wars at all, you could watch this show and be thoroughly entertained by it. It's a great show. Uh, I have a friend who, like, he'll, he watches a lot of the Star Wars stuff, like, with his kids and stuff. And I was like... Because I knew he was watching it, I was like, "Do they like this show?" And I, I think they weren't show; they were not showing their kids the stuff anymore. But 
mm-hmm. or they were trying to ease off like all the violent type shows. For, right. It's not. And this show isn't violent in the way that like well, I was gonna say the boys, but nothing's violent in the way the boys is. But like, but like this isn't like a like an R rated show. I'm not saying that, but like people do get killed in the show. It's I, not, I w- my thought theory was that like I don't know if they would be as entertained by it because it's it's really not even trying to like appeal to kids like no, a lot of di- a lot of the no. star wars stuff uh, you might enjoy as a kid of, depending on your age and interest but it's not trying to appeal to any particular audience which is all i love about it and the the structure of it is really interesting to me because it it's 12 episodes and like the first three were when it first came out were released the first three episodes were released at one time and it it kind of that's kind of like one whole it kind of told one whole story Right. It, it, it just it kind of released these... in like mini arcs. Yeah. Not exactly three episodes per se, but you're right. The first three, I would say if you're, if you're going to watch it, you should at least watch the first three because they kind of build to something in those yeah. three. But then after that, each one, each, each successive episode kind of builds to something else. There's like kind of a giant set piece thing in every third or fourth episode, give or yeah. take. But even the episodes that aren't particularly the big ticket episodes where there's not something major happening are still really, really good episodes. <laughs> Like there's 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 stuff in this show that's like super exciting that might be like the twelfth best moment in the show. It's like every mm-hmm. episode has something ex- spectacular in it. I'm used to liking Star Wars, but not most Star Wars stuff is. Uh, I think I tweeted something about like how I like how Andor isn't just trying to remind you of like playing with Star Wars toys when you were a kid. Like right. a not, lot of stuff is about the it's nostalgia. It's not trying to hit the nostalgia the, beats. Yeah, exactly. It's like a hardcore like war story. <laughs> Well, I mean, th- just to set up set it up a little bit for the audience, um, I don't want to get too heavy into spoilers or anything because this is a show you don't want to be spoiled. But, but this is about Cassian Andor, who, if you watch Rogue One, was the, the hero of that story, played by Diego Luna, really good actor, by the way. He was in a, a movie I liked years ago called uh, Criminal. He's been in a lot of stuff. But anyway, um, so this is like shortly before the events of the first Star Wars. So in the original Star Wars, you know, the, the Empire, this giant force for evil, is being thwarted by the rebels, right? So the Rebel Alliance in the original Star Wars and in the, the subsequent movies especially is, is talked about, but they're not really deeply discussed. They're kind of in the background a little bit compared to the events of Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker's and, and the mm-hmm. Emperor and the Death Star. Um, but this is a show about, well, who are these rebels? You know, where did they come from? How did they get started? You know, why are they fighting the Empire? And so if, if you go back before the events of Star Wars, this is like kind of how the rebellion got started, mm-hmm. especially with this guy, Cassian Andor, who's the star of the show. And it's a great show about how people work together for a common good. And it shows you the inhumanity of the Empire, the things, you know, uh, forced internment camps and dislocation and stealing people's resources and all these like terrible things that the Empire does. You know, when you watch the original Star Wars, it's like, yeah, the Empire seems evil because they have giant spaceships and they have a Death Star and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. But they have Darth Vader and they have the Emperor and he looks evil. But, like, what are they actually doing that's hurting people? Like, this show gets into the details of, like, the stuff that they're actually doing that's destroying people's lives and why they have to be thwarted. And before they have a Luke Skywalker, before they have, you know, the Force on their side, who are the regular people that that fight this, this common enemy? And that's what I love about it. It's it's a it's a heroic story, you know. It's like a fable in a lot of ways. It's uh, one thing I heard is I think it's going to be two seasons altogether, is from what I've heard. Like it's planned out, but the first season it takes it starts like five years before 
Rogue One and the first season is like that first year and then the next second season of the show is going to cover like basically the first three episodes are like one year and then the next three are one year and the next three mm-hmm. it's like four four years kind of broken up throughout the the season like and then it, I guess it ends with the beginning of Rogue One or, or however that works but there's like a s- scene that I want to talk about, but it would be spoilery. Should we do a quick spoiler warning and talk about it? Or should yeah, we like skip, it? if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, skip ahead like however long. Just because I feel like this has to be highlighted. But the the, the episode 10, the prison break episode, yeah. is just so spectacular. It's like one of the best things I've ever seen on television. Like seriously, like if you if you just watched, I mean, you shouldn't just watch this one episode because you wouldn't get the context of it. But, but like if you just watch this episode, I think you would be blown away by how good it is. Like basically, Cassian has been imprisoned on uh, this was it something five? It's like this prison colony where they have to mm. make this stuff for the Empire all day. And Andy Serkis plays the he's like the foreman character, but he's basically like he's a prisoner, but he's also in charge of the other prisoners. Mm. And he's trying to convince him the whole time that. We're gonna die here. Like we need to get off of this this prison camp. And Andor's trying to convince. Andor, him. yeah, Cassian Andor's trying to convince. Um, um, what's his name? Nico. I had it written down. I don't remember the character's name. Kino Kino Long, I think is okay. his name. But the character played by Andy Serkis. And he's trying to convince him that we need to get off this planet um, or his, off this. Um, Andy Serkis's character's whole thing is he he basically just wants to. Be on the best behavior and right. get everything done so he can get off, get out as soon as possible. Because they're being told that if you do your time, you, your years will decrease and you'll get out. You know, if you're six years, every day it counts down to where you get out. Turns out that's not true. Like when your time is up, they just transfer you to another part of the prison or another mm-hmm. prison. And you do the same thing until you die. So they find out this information and now they know like you are going to die here. So they have to escape. And meanwhile, Andor has been planning this elaborate like prison escape. They have electric floors. They have guards with, with laser guns. They have all this stuff designed to stop you. But he's, he's planned out this elaborate escape from the prison. And to see it actually unfold, to see his plan unfold, and then to see there's a moment where basically he knows that he can't convince all the prisoners to rise up. But the other character and any circus character can because they mm-hmm. know him. They know his voice. They've heard him all every day. He's like, it has to be you. And he convinces them to get on the microphone and like tell all the prisoners, now is your chance to escape. We've deactivated the floors. We've taken over this floor. We can get out right now if you guys all help us. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the most breathtaking moments I've seen in television. Where it's like yeah. they do this chant one way out until they get out of the prison. <laughs> like all the prisoners just break out at the same time, kind of. Right. It's just amazing to watch watch and and that's like there's other scenes like that that's not like the only scene like mm-hmm. that in the show there's an elaborate bank robbery there's you know the ending of it i mean just so many spectacular moments in this show i can't we could go on about it but i don't want yeah, i don't yeah. want to belabor the point but, but i feel like every show we could talk about for like an hour or two yeah like, let's not do that but i'm just saying if you haven't seen andor please watch the show it's yeah. worth like even if you don't have disney plus it's worth watching it just to get the show yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your number six? Uh, a little show some people have heard of called House of the Dragon. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that one's on not list? on my list. I did. Li- I liked it. I watched it and I liked it, but I did- it's not on my list. Man, House of the Dragon's not on your list. I know. I feel, I feel like stupid or something now. Like I, you got uh, Rings of Power on your list, and I have House of the Dragon. Right? <laughs> I know. 
hey, we're covering all the stuff. I could only watch one ridiculously long <laughs> fantasy show, so I just chose this one. <laughs> but you did talk about it uh, a little bit on one of our podcasts uh, earlier this year. I don't know if it was the Saul one or the Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you'd watched, and I'd watched the first two episodes, I think, but okay. I think you'd watched more of it than me or something like that. But I thought this was like really good show, like just really like solidly entertaining. I think it did drop in quality the longer it went. Like I didn't like it as much in the last few episodes, but the first six or seven episodes I thought was like really good. Like it reminded me of peak game of Thrones and you know, just like we were talking about with one of the earlier shows with white Lotus, like the sexual politics in this are really interesting. Yeah. Talking about like the very first episode sets up that birth is the battlefield, right? Like your birthright, who you're born to is more important or as important as who wins on the field of battle. And that sets up this dynamic for the show where these women are basically subjugated to are they able to have children and are they able to have the right children? And there's this like great dynamic between these two women in the show, uh, Princess Rhaenyra Targaryen and her, um, it's the, the daughter Allison of the, Alicent, yeah, Alicent Hightower, who's the yeah. daughter of uh, Otto Hightower, who's the hand of the king. Uh, but who marries the king? Who marries yeah, they're the king. like best friends, and they're they're like teenagers, and like yeah, the first couple of episodes they're like little little kids, they're like good friends, uh, they're they're young girls, and then as the show goes on, they both become women who have kind of a claim to the throne, but also whose sons have a claim to the throne, and it's kind of a battle of who gets who gets that spot. The family there. drama for the yeah, uh, like because the other original show it had it kind of covered all of westeros which is like the the middle earth the of, seven kingdoms of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. of that yeah and it was it was all over the place and this right. one's all focused on like king's landing and they, i think they go to dragonstone yeah there's a few other part. locations but it's mostly in in the it's kind of more like one family instead of like all these different people scattered throughout right which i think that's one of the parts that i wasn't as into or i, I like i thought it was interesting but it was you kind of have to really be invested in that family kind of thing i don't i, I like the show but I or go ahead no no i, I don't want to belabor it because people have seen it they have their opinions about it. you haven't seen it or did you watch all of it or you just, yeah i've seen oh, it okay okay i'm sorry i didn't know if you finished it or not um but there's like just these like great scenes these great battles in it that i thought were incredible and um to me the moment of the show i, I can't remember it's episode seven or eight but when when king uh viserys uh, the first Viserys, not not the one in the Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, which threw me off. By the way, I was like Viserys. It feels like there's like five characters there's named a Viserys. Of, a lot of the same names in these people, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a little confusing, even within the characters of the show. But but basically, when Rhaenyra is is she's been named heir to the throne. So when her father dies, she's supposed to be take over as as uh, queen of the kingdom. Um, but there's all these challenges to her. And particularly, uh, Allison wants her son to rule Amon. I think is Aegon or Amon. Um, I, I could remember. be getting it wrong, but anyway, One of those. she wants her son to to rule when when Viserys dies. And the daughter goes to her um, dad, Viserys, when he's like really ill. He's falling apart. He's got this disease where he's rotting. And she basically tells him, "If you want me to carry this burden, I need some help." Like you know, she knows that all the political enemies are out to get her. And so the next day at court, they plotted this, this this plan to like replace her and get someone else in, in charge. And Viserys, who's about to die, like gets up from his bed, puts on like his mask, 
Mrs. Kane and walks through the entire throne room. He can barely stand up, but he walks through it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then sits on the throne and tells uh, the hand of the king, he's like, no, I'll be taking over today. And he basically puts everyone in their place and is like, no, I said this is settled already. My daughter is taking over, essentially, when I die. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, it's sh- to be short-lived. But <laughs> yeah. But it's a, it's just a spectacular moment with uh, Patty Considine's performance. is just great. And Matt Smith as well in that scene. Like, one of my favorite moments of TV all year. I feel like I've heard other people say this, so I'm not, this isn't completely original either. But it felt like the whole season is, like, built up to where it ends. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like this, the next maybe two seasons is going to be about like the war of the Targaryens or the dance with dragons, I think is right. what it's called. So it, it feels like the whole season is a, it's kind of all set up to like this big event. So it feels like the story hasn't totally started yet. They're trying to cover like all this, these, I mean, like probably 20 or 25, 30 years right. it does of jump history. Around a bit, which is the so one you're following these yeah. people and the, they'll have, they recast the, the main a lot of uh, the main two character, two girls, and then the uh, a lot of the other characters were recast. So they're they're telling all this history, but so it's like a thing where you're. I, I think my my problem was like you'd just be in, introduced to like this new actor playing this character, and then something happens where you're supposed to be really sad, but you haven't followed their them for the, like the last five years in the timeline. So you're kind of like, it was kind of like it, it didn't right. feel like it was landing emotionally in a way to me to where I was to the that I would into it, but it sounds like the next season, it's like all more kind of a shorter time frame. It's like within like the same. It's true. There is a lot of something. jumping around here and Rhaenyra's changes actresses. Like you said, she goes from a young girl to like a, a middle-aged woman. Like in the- All that to say, like, I think this next one or two seasons are, are probably, it's probably going to be really good and really, it might like just take off. I mean, there's definitely some flaws within the, within the show, but there are moments in the show that I think are just spectacular as well. I mean, it's, anytime you see one of these dragons yeah. show up, it's like, <laughs> yeah. there's one, it's one scene with one of the dragons in particular is like, oh my God, this is at spectacular. The end, um, or the... Uh, no, when, uh, when what's-her-name crashes the uh, coronation. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's the it's, dragons are kind of this like they're almost like like the nuclear bomb of like they're right. kind of like whoever has the dragons has, has all the power. power. Yeah, and uh, you know, in the original show, I mean, this is all obvious for people who've seen it. It's like there's like dragons haven't been around, so they're kind of slowly coming back into existence. But then this is this takes place like this is like 170 years before Game of Thrones. Okay, right? it, but there's like. 14 dragons or something. Right, like yeah, all dragons are still the pretty common. They're not super common, but they're still pretty common, yeah. as opposed to Game of Thrones, where there's only three left in the entire world. You know, yeah. Because um, Daenerys got the last three, three yeah. eggs. But, but yeah, this is... And then the dragons are different, too. Like, some of them are way bigger than other dragons and way more powerful. So who gets the right dragon? That's a big part of who has the power in this kingdom. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some flaws in the show, but it, I liked it a lot. So, yeah. It's good. It's, yeah. That's my number six. Okay. Okay, my f- number five, it's a Apple TV Plus show called Pachinko. Uh, we uh, talked about it on the last podcast, yeah. but I have not seen it yet. Yeah, I brought it up. I, I remember bringing it up. Japanese-Korean show, right? Yeah, it, it's a... 
it's based on a book by uh, Min Jin Lee. I'm actually reading it. I've been reading it. I'm about halfway through it right now. It follows this Korean family through like four generations from like 1915 into like, I think it ends in like 1989. The book is just straightforward. It just kind of goes through the years and like you kind of like one of them will have a baby and it kind of and then the uh the show it bounces back and forth so you'll you'll see like a child in like 1915 then like in 1980 she's like a, the grandmother and like the mm. matriarch of this family and i watched the show before i read the book so i didn't know that the structure was different that you're kind of seeing like later in life like right but it, it's interesting the way it kind of mirrors the different generations and and everything it sounds a little bit like Atonement. Do you remember that book in, in the show? Uh, I didn't. I don't think I ever saw that. Oh, um, well, it's, it's a British movie, but there's a book as well. It's really famous, but basically, it's a it's an event that happened before the war that like changed this family's life, and it's told in the future. But then it goes back to these moments that, that led up to that moment. So I don't know if it's similar to that. It starts off like in a uh, Korea, like the the main character is Sun, Sun, Sunja. I've read it, her name like a million times in the book, but she's like with her mom and dad. It's very like uh, quaint. Like they, they run like this little boarding house for people who like fishermen who come in or whoever. And uh, basically when she's a teenager, she kind of meets this guy who's like, she's kind of afraid of him. He's kind of like this powerful guy, but he saves her from a situation like with some other guys. And so she kind of develops feelings for him. They kind of have a little romance, and then she ends up getting pregnant, and then she finds out that he's already married. Like, mm-hmm. he has another family, like, in uh, Osaka, I think, Japan. So he leaves, but he's trying. he wants to keep sending her money, but she, she kind of doesn't want it. But anyway, like, there's this, like, minister guy who's staying at the, the boarding house, and he, um, he's kind of, he's been there for a few months. He's been, he's, like, real sickly, and he's kind of, Gain, he gains this like kind of devotion to the family, the mom and the daughter, and uh, he finds out that she's pregnant, and he decides that he's gonna, he's been he's gonna marry her, and he's gonna like kind of support her, and he kind of sees it as like his calling, like it's kind mm-hmm. of based on like Hosea, like the book of Hosea, like okay. where it's a, a prophet is like called to marry this right. prostitute, kind of to show the love, love of God and all this. Anyway, so it follows it follows her, and they, they end up moving to be with, like, his, his... I'm telling too much of the story. Yeah, don't spoil it for people. Yeah, it, just, yeah, it sounds really interesting, though. Like, it's kind of about her raising her son, and then it just follows their family, and the relationship with the first guy kind of keeps coming back in to mm-hmm. kind of... I wish I had watched it because I could, I could comment on it more, but yeah, yeah, it, I mean, you told me about that it was good. It, it does sound like it's really good. It was on a lot of people's top ten lists for the year, so I know it's, it's a good show. It's one of those shows where it's it's very... The storytelling feels really simple and and kind of... Uh, it's just very moving, like, in a really like beautiful kind of way. Right. I, I, it's really touching, and I, I don't know sometimes why I'm as invested, but... There's a lot to say, again, with all these shows, but it's really good. They're doing the second season. I think they're going to start shooting. No, I do want to get around soon. to it at some point because I've heard it's really good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell you like shit. Okay. What's your – are we on your five? Did we already talk about your five? Yeah, Why Lotus. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So So I'm on four, but okay. I don't know if you need to do your four first. I don't know what your four was. Over here. I haven't like, done my four yet. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Barry. 
Did right. you ever get around to watching? I did not. Uh, I apologize, but it just didn't. Uh, I like how it's like, I'm sorry, I did not watch that show. I apologize. Yeah, it's two shows in a <laughs> row I can talk about. <laughs> but like I said on the one we did, we talked about last time, I did see the first season of Barry, so I know what it's about. But no, I, I didn't watch this season. Yeah, it's just uh, it's Bill Hader's show. Uh, he like, like directed every episode of the third season. I'm trying to. I'm sorry. I'm getting kind of tired, and then I'm also trying to talk about all these shows that I haven't seen in like, you know, like six months or something. Well, he's a hitman that goes to California and takes up acting, and runs into some trouble. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a simplified version of it, but. It's very well written, and the performances are good. It's well-directed, like every show that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. There's one episode, I think it's like episode six, that is like some of the best like action mm -hmm. filmmaking that I've seen. Like, like I'm like, that's better than like any right. Fast and Furious movie or something, something like that. <laughs> it's, 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 pretty, a really, it's a really well-done show. One of the most exciting things for me about watching it, because I've been a fan of Bill Hader for a long time, and just to be like, this guy is like, he's a super, one of the best directors like right. working right now. He's a super smart guy. Like everything he does, he's good in. You know, like uh, Trainwreck. He's like one of the best things in Trainwreck. Um, he was on a podcast where they were talking about Taxi Driver, mm -hmm. and his like insight into Taxi Driver was like really amazing. And obviously, he's funny on SNL for years. You know, the Californians and all the stuff he does. Yeah, it's crazy like, how talented he is because he can. You remember like, oh yeah, this guy's like was one of the best you know cast members ever on SNL and then now he's like you're like I guess he's going to be like the next like you know big hopefully he'll be able to do like movies and stuff I'm sure he will yeah I think he's just intuitively like really talented like he understands shots and blocking and you know, like you said he's a really good filmmaker but he's just a really good actor too like he understands cinema yeah it's a great show I almost want to just move on just because I just want to Keep going. Let's let's move on to uh, your number, number four. four. Yeah, we're on number four for me. Um, that was your number four, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somehow we got off track, but I think we're on the. Back. I think we have a lot of the same ones. So right. We we missed. I've it. said a lot of yours, and you said a lot of mine. So right. we might somehow we be got running off track. We may don't. Yeah. I think we're good though. Okay. My number four is the rehearsal. Oh yeah yeah yeah. On okay. HBO. That was my number twelve for me. This didn't make your list. Wow. I know it sounded like because I was telling I you about for sure it. it would. I was the one that sold you on it, or right, one of the right. <laughs> I thought for sure this would be on your list. Um, it was almost there. It was almost number ten. Okay. Well, anyway, so I'll be on the start by saying you should watch the rehearsal. But this is uh, Nathan Fielder's project after Nathan for You. Um, Nathan for You is like a really funny show where he like it's it's like a um, how would I describe it? It's like a bar rescue kind of show where he helps businesses, but he really doesn't. He just screws them up. <laughs> And so it's a really funny show. You can watch it, I think, on Comedy Central or something. But this is his next project, which is on HBO, where he has this, like, apparently gigantic budget. <laughs> <laughs> but the premise is, like, okay, if you could, like, correct something in your life before it happens, like, if you could, like, if you're about to do some serious life decision, how do you make sure that it goes over smoothly? So if you rehearse it enough times, theoretically – you would get it right, right? <laughs> so, but, you know, the premise is so ridiculous from the start, but the ideal is like, okay, you do something that's a major event. How do we get this thing right so it definitely gets nailed down right? 
And the first episode is him working with this guy who's like, basically he's lied about having a master's degree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does bar trivia uh, every night or, or once a week or whatever he does it. And basically he's trying to tell a friend of his that he lied about having his master's degree. So rather than just give him some good advice and be like, you know, hey, just say you're sorry and this is your life, he plans this elaborate thing where he builds a bar that's exactly like the bar <laughs> that he he goes into for bar trivia. It's like he a hires, set, like in a studio. Yeah, it's a studio set, but it's designed down to the last detail of the bar that he goes into. And he hires like an entire cast of people to play the people that would work at the bar or be at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and he hires someone to play the friend that he's supposed to apologize to for lying about his master's degree. And then he shows up with his laptop, which is the other funny thing is he has this like he has this laptop hanging around his neck the whole time where he's like typing and stuff. And you'll just see him in the background like with his little head popping like, up like typing. By, like, typing. <laughs> right. He basically builds this entire set, has all these people there. And the, the premise is that he's going to do all these permutations so that he gets it right when he does go to apologize. So it's, it's ridiculous because there's like a million things that could go wrong in this thing. So he realizes that like he's going to be focused on the trivia answers and not like getting the apology right. <laughs> so he doesn't want him to screw that part up. So he like plans out like, but he can't give him the answers to the trivia either because that would be cheating. So he like plans out this thing where he'll plant the actual trivia answers ahead of time so that he won't be thinking about it so that when the answers come up, he knows exactly what they are so he'll be focused on the apology itself. <laughs> so that's just like the first episode. <laughs> that's like phase one of this whole ridiculous thing. <laughs> I know. I was, I was, at first I was like, I don't know if we should talk too much about it, but I was like, no, this is just the first. It, it goes... That's it, like, imagine like those Russian dolls where you open one up and there's another little doll. Like, this is, like, the first big doll. We haven't gotten to the other 25 dolls that are inside, like... I, I don't want to belabor the point, but... I don't want to talk about the show too much because you just need to watch it. But I do want to, like, highlight, like, how ridiculous this thing gets. Is, like... Do you remember episode four, which is the filter method? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's basically... And this isn't spoiling anything because the whole plot is, like, about this girl, Angela, and her relationship and wanting to have a kid, but... But anyway, he's basically decided in episode four that he's he needs to hire professional actors to do this the show with him because they, regular actors don't understand like how to be inside the, the, this this concept, you know, of, of this rehearsal concept. Yeah. So he he opens his own acting studio in Los Angeles, uh, and it's called the Filter Method, <laughs> where he hires people to like probe into the lives of average people so that they understand how to like better play these parts when they play them. <laughs> and basically it's like stalk people and pretend to be them. In <laughs> <laughs> the very first like tr- class he teaches it and then one of the students isn't responding to it. So he pretends to like to figure out why he didn't respond to his teaching. He pretends to be the student while someone else pretends to be him teaching the class. But then he realizes that he needs to go He's, even deeper. He makes a rehearsal out of that. Like He hires all <laughs> right. these actors to play actors who are <laughs> to trying to learn. To reenact the class that he just taught, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then he pretends to be him. But like so far, he's like, I can't need to go deeper. So he like goes to his apartment and wants to live in his apartment. <laughs> and then work his job. And then while pretending to be him, follow the person that the actor was supposed to follow. <laughs> And it just goes further and further down this rabbit hole where you're like, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. 
it's like you need to be like really smart to watch the show because you have to follow so many threads like going further and further down this thing. Um, but yeah, it ends on I would say kind of a hopeful note where he maybe kind of realizes the error of his ways, but like <laughs> you never know what that's this guy. I don't know. Like what what could you say about it? I've talked about it like. I really like shows where you don't know where it's going like while you're watching it and it's that way like it's almost like I don't want to say too much about what happens because part of the fun of it is just seeing how it kind of unravels. How insane it is. Yeah. And the whole time it, it, you're part of you start when it starts you're like oh this is funny like right. Nathan Fielder is so funny and all this stuff and then the further it goes you're like I'm uncomfortable. Like, uh, I don't think this is a good thing that he's doing. Like, it, it kind of, uh, it's. Well, yeah, know. because the. I mean, I don't want. I don't want to spoil anything, but like the major plot involves. It's basically there's only a couple people that are in this show besides Nathan Fielder, but but this girl Angela is like wanting to have a child, but she's wanting to know how she would raise a child and what kind of man would be a good provider for her, and like basically the plot is like how would you set up this scenario to where she would feel comfortable raising a kid but it just goes like it goes on way longer and way more uncomfortable than you think it would ever it's like not she's like living a there like right. months seems like it feels like years i'm sure it wasn't <laughs> but it, like in the context of the show it's like how long did this thing go on like and how much was this lady paid i hope she was paid well to do this show because it's insane like how long this thing goes on that woman i've seen like she's there's some, it's like Fiverr or some. It's some something where like you you pay somebody to like make a quick video oh, for yeah, like yeah. happy birthday yeah, to I know your what you're about, a cameo. She's like made up. Yeah, can't is that? The, yeah. I don't know if that's the one she was in, but yeah, yeah. there's one called Cameo. Uh, yeah. She's made like a lot of money. Like she's kind of she's okay, capitalized. Yeah. I'm glad she's on done it. well. Yeah, she needs to be because you kind of feel sorry for her, or you're kind of like this lady's kind of yeah because it's like. <laughs> Imagine if your every moment of life was recorded for the you know purposes of a comedy show, and it's 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 very like Truman Show esque in some ways, where you're like studying someone's life. Now, yeah, she does know she's being filmed. She does know it's for a show, but you're also recording like all these things like all day long, and it's it, it just gets more insane the longer it goes. she's trying to. They're they they're putting these kids in the, in there like for her to be like to be the mother of. So they have these like child. <laughs> Uh, actors right and uh so it's kind of like but the kids can only work for like you know three hours at a time or something some which is why they have multiple kids playing the same kid there'll be some kid will like be laying in a bed and then like uh (laughs) the the bedroom door like opens up and then like (laughs) yeah they'll come in and they'll pick pick up the like the toddler or something out of the crib and then they'll put a new toddler in and then they'll sneak out (laughs) right i don't want to there's there's more that happens in that that I don't want to talk about, but well, like when he comes back from the filter method and the kid is like supposed to be 15 now, so the actor's 15, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, dad," and he hugs him and everything, and and the filter's like, "Well, if I was really your dad, how happy would you be that I haven't been here for the last 10 years or so?" <laughs> so the kid is like just a complete asshole all of a sudden, and he's like, "Well, wait a minute, that doesn't work either. Like, I need to have been there for all." <laughs> and he's like, "Are you talking to me?" In character, is it? Right. Are you talking? Or am I in character right now? Isn't this conversation? He's like, no. Let's just talk about your performance for right now. <laughs> it's crazy. That show. Is- it, I mean, it was the most amusing thing I've seen all year. Like, whether yeah. you, whether you love, some people will probably hate it, but if you love it or hate it, it's definitely the most interesting thing on television. I think it, it was higher on my list, and I kept thinking, I was like, I think 
this show, like the bear, I felt like I it hit me harder or whatever else. Like, right. It was just because there was so much good stuff, it wasn't higher, but yeah. Okay, we moving on? Yeah, we'll move on. Are we on... We're on three, three or three. Okay, I think this might be on your list. I say that about every, almost everyone. I only have one show left, by the way, so... I have this and then another one, okay. which I think will also be on your list. Uh, my number three is Reservation Dogs. It's not on my list, but oh. it was on my list last year. Yeah. It was really good, so go ahead. I think it was your number three last year, maybe or somewhere. Uh, near it the was top. High, it was lower than that, but it was on, it was high. It was, it was on okay. my sure. Have you seen the second season? I have not. No. Okay, if you've if you've seen the second season, it would be on your list. I'm, I'm gonna it probably would. I'm gonna just say that I thought the second season was better than the first season. I think it was my number like eleven or twelve last year. It wouldn't, I don't think it was like just outside my top ten. But mm-hmm. I just listened to the episode we did last year, like last night. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm just going to repeat things that you had already said. That's okay. But uh, the main thing is it follows like these, this four group of teenagers who are I don't know what type of Indian they they live on a reservation. Yeah, they're in Oklahoma. They're is it Cherokee? Cherokee, I think. I think they're Cherokee, but I could be wrong. Okay, they're like the core of the show, but they keep going out and exploring different characters that like in around the. Like the parents, the town and, uh, like there's one episode where it's it, it just follows like the moms as they go out to this like conference like it's almost like that movie uh, Girls Trip, <laughs> where it just it's kind of funny but it's a show that I I would sit down to watch it and I would be like okay this is a good show I'm I'm gonna like this and then like by the end of the episode I'm just like almost in tears I'm just like yeah oh my gosh this is like the cast that you're, you've fallen in love with all these like characters and you're just, they're, they're so, uh, they're really funny, but it's really, it's a really funny show. But, uh, well, so let so, me ask you this, cause I don't want to spoil the show, but like at the end of the last season, uh, two of the kids were going to, were they going to California? I think to start mm-hmm. over did, did that, that follow through on this. I don't want to say anything. Okay. That's good. I don't want to okay. spoil that. Okay. Gotcha. I will say that's, that storyline is part of okay. kind of, continues in this one yeah, yeah that's kind of their I, big I wish I had seen it because I, I knew it was going to be good and I just didn't catch it so that's another one I feel bad about not being able to talk about but yeah the, I, if you haven't seen the first season it was really good and from what you're saying this, this one is even better I think so. they took it up even more like there I mean there are points where I'm just like I'm staring at my TV like I can't believe how good that like it you're you're kind of like <laughs> I don't it's not I, I feel like I wouldn't if it was just a show about like these Indian people, like I'd probably be like, "Cool, that, that's good, whatever." Right. But it's there's so much heart in it, and it's so like deep, like it the yeah, it it's about a lot like of lofty issues about family and heritage, and you know, it's kind of about because they're like a lot of them are in poverty and they're that too, they have yeah. these dreams to be away, and they but they have they're connected to their heritage, but they also like resist it and and all this, but they have this like deep 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 bond with each other that is like right. really really like moving to see. no I, I thought the kids are really good I don't, I don't know the actors names but the, the four kids that are in it are really good and uh, and they always get good supporting characters too to pop up and play these like roles in it one of the four kids was on uh, I watched the Fablemans mm-hmm. the other day the new Steven Spielberg movie and he was like he played one of the like the friends of the young Steven Spielberg in the show and I was okay. like oh, I don't know that you guy. know that guy yeah anyway 
it's a great show. It's on Hulu. It's it's a good show. It's a FX show that's you can watch on Hulu. I think now I think I heard it wasn't renewed on FX, but it's gonna be renewed on Hulu, so it's okay. still going, yeah. but anyway. No, it was it was it was definitely my top ten last year. It was really good. So I'm not surprised you had it on the list. That's good. It's, it was it's great, yeah. Okay, uh Okay, so I can't do three because I had the bear at three, which we already talked about. Okay, my and two was Atlanta. I can't do one because Andor was my number one, which we already talked about. So I only have one show I, left. I think I know what we're, where we're going with this then. This is a show that we're probably familiar with, uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah, that's my number one. <laughs> that's right. your number. It's my number two. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. I, I was going to shock you with like that yeah. being two instead of one. And doing Andor because we talked about Better Call Saul so much, but but you kind of blew it by having Andor. So I knew it would be on your list. I was surprised when you said it was Andor was number one because I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I toyed around with it the last few days. I was like, Better Call Saul is so good, but I just loved Andor this this much. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> no, I'm glad you did that. Yeah. Um, I didn't think anyone would supplant Better Call Saul, so I don't want to do too much on Better Call Saul because we we do have. <laughs> Two, it's all content available. Two exhaustive episodes. <laughs> we recorded uh, 25 hours of Better Call Saul content if you're interested. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was like two and a half hours. But but anyway, um, this was just a great, great show. It's the last season of Better Call Saul. It's you know the prequel to Breaking Bad. And I know a lot of people just didn't get into this the way they did Breaking Bad. Um, it's, it's, not a, it's a different show in a lot of ways than Breaking Bad. But I think what it's trying to say is equally as important as, as Breaking Bad. And um, I, th- I thought this is just an amazing, perfectly written, directed, acted, just beautifully done show. I was just blown away by it, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying, yeah, trying to think even. of what, how to, what to say about Better Call Saul. I mean, it was my number one. Uh, the reason it was my number one, I was going to say, is because, honestly, I've looked at a lot of other top 10 lists and it's usually somewhere in a lot of top 10. Sometimes it's number one for me. It was the show I was most excited about coming into the year. It was like the one, like I would, I don't know. It just, it hit me. It's just a deeper kind of experience watching it. I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We did the podcasts about it. Well, I wrote down a few questions just because I knew we'd already talked about it. So I didn't want to like do the same stuff we already talked about, but. One of them is, why do you think the show didn't take off like Breaking Bad did? And I, I know critics love it. We liked it. But it didn't have the same cultural zeitgeist that Breaking Bad did. Um, I think a part of a part of it, it to me is the uh, Breaking Bad starts, it's almost like it starts with the bomb going off, like as far as Walt's diagnosis. And there's like a time, it's like a time bomb kind of thing. Right. <laughs> You're right. kind of waiting for him to die, but then he gets, What's he gonna there's do so much guys? going on yeah. it. The tension is like all there, like right at, and it, it's got a, a rewatched Breaking Bad after I finished. We finished uh, Better Call mm-hmm. Saul, and it's just it's it's more about the moment, kind of like you're right there in the moment, and it's uh, it is more of a propulsive show, and all this for sure. Yeah. Uh, Better Call Saul is more like kind of meditative a little bit, and it's it's kind of anti-propulsive actually. Yeah, kind of goes longer and more methodical as it goes along. I think they tried to kind of play against right. what your expectations were or tried to make it kind of stand on its own, which I think it really did. Like One of the things I was thinking about, and this is another question, is, is, is Saul a corrective of Breaking Bad? And I think one of the, 
not complaints, but like critiques of Breaking Bad in recent years is that, and not really Breaking Bad, but like Mad Men, The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, was this like, do we glorify the white male anti-hero too much mm-hmm. in these shows? Because even as Walter, I mean, we know he's a bad guy, we know he's an evil guy, but he's still kind of heroic in some ways. He still goes out with a bang, you know, he still has a spectacular ending. It's like, I wonder if Vince Gilligan thought, we didn't really stick the landing in terms of telling you, like, this is not a guy to root for. Like, mm-hmm. like Tony Soprano, same thing. Like, yeah, you're supposed to hate Tony Soprano, but there's still part of you that kind of loves Tony Soprano. And I think this is a show that's like, no, this is what happens if you do this stuff. Like, this is this is what your life ends up like if you do this. And so I think in some ways it was trying to be more meditative about... The, the tragedy. Yeah, of, the tragedy of, of the antihero, not the, the heroic part of it, you know. Because, I mean, Saul does do some really cool things in the show, but look where he ends up, you know. One thing I like, I really love about both shows is they're they're character-driven, so they're so much of what happens is based on like who these people are and what you know about them. So I think that's what makes it more kind of a more satisfying show to me than a lot of other shows. That's you're just, you get so invested in these specific people and they're so like well played by the actors and it feels alive in a way that a lot of shows don't right. like on on another dimension or something. Very lived in. Yeah. These people feel completely real, like completely authentic. Well, we talked a little bit about Ray's, Ray Seahorn in the mm-hmm. last episode. Um, she didn't win the Emmy. Um, <laughs> we keep yeah. saying it, but it didn't happen. She'll be nominated She'll one more time. She'll be nominated one more time, one more time right? Because the way they structured the show, she'll get one more. Yeah. Um, and I think the stronger the half stronger of the season in this will be, half. yeah, but it'll be like a year after it's over, so it might not be as Impactful. fresh on people's minds, but who knows? Well, I just wanted to highlight her performance. Um, we talked about it in the other Saul podcast, but like in the episode Waterworks and all the stuff that she's doing in that, that yeah. scene in that episode. And even not that, not that this is crying on the bus and breaking down, but like all the stuff she's doing building up to that moment. I thought it was just a spectacular performance by her. Um, you Did know. you hear like about her next show or Vince Gilligan's next show? She's in it, right? Her, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. Me- I remember hearing about it, but I forgot what it was. Or they haven't talked a lot about what it's actually about, but right. it's going to be on like Apple TV Plus. I, I think. think. I, yeah, I think I heard that. So yeah. I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah, I might watch it. Maybe. maybe. I had Apple. I, I had Apple for like a month, and I just I, I started watching a couple of shows, and I never finished. Yeah. I, <laughs> I need to renew my Apple. And watch Pachinko. There's so much. <laughs> yeah, I want to rewatch Pachinko. I'm gonna watch it, mm-hmm. but yeah, Better Call Saul, great show. <laughs> I don't know what more we could say about it. Like I said, we did two podcasts on it, but yeah, it's. I mean, it almost was my number one, and I just decided at the last minute to do Andor because I just was so blown away by Andor. But I think those are probably the. I, I know Andor is on the top of a lot of lists, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because it's a Star Wars show, and I think. Pe- I mean, people like Star Wars, but it's not usually like the critically acclaimed thing. No, You're, these days is not as much. No, I, I'm not even sure. Well, maybe the first season of Mandalorian might have made him one of my lists, but like I, yeah, I don't think there's any other Star Wars show that would ever make a top ten list for me. But this one definitely did. I hope it ends up being being like a a new direction for Star Wars and what they can do. I don't. It sounds like it hasn't been as popular as some of the other stuff like Mandalorian, but. I don't know. I hope I, I would like it if they keep doing kind of the more adult kind of oh yeah storytelling. Do more of this, please. Because it's there's a lot to 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 dig into in that universe with yeah. Okay. So we got them all done, right? That's yeah. The whole list. 
This has been a weird night. I just want to address this because it's kind of a part of what this night ended up being. But like, I think I said, I'm going to put it at the beginning of the episode that we had some audio issues and uh, I had to like run down to uh, Walgreens like at the beginning, in the middle of it. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of threw me for a loop to where I'm like, what? Did, yeah. What? Okay, talk about this show I watched like six months ago. And all <laughs> so I feel like I've been a little scatterbrained. Threw you off and it's game. gone a little later than I was. I didn't want to be here that late for you because you got to work tomorrow, don't you? It's okay. Yeah. I don't do anything anyway. Maybe we could take a few minutes and just say other shows that honorable yeah, mention that. type stuff. Or Let's do some honorable mentions. I'll just read my 21 through 11. I'll just do go through them fast. Damn. Okay, go ahead. It might be too, is that, it might Quick, be too quickly, much stuff. Quickly, quickly. <laughs> 21 was Girls 5 Eva. 20 was uh, Peacemaker. 19, Winning Time. 18 was Only Murders in the Building. 17 was The Crown. Uh, 16 was Stranger Things. 15 was Industry. 14 was Better Things. 13 was Severance. Uh, 12 was The Rehearsal. And then 11 was We Own the City. I've heard all good things about... I've seen a few of those. I've heard all good things about those. I had Winning Time as well, which we talked about a little bit on one of the earlier podcasts. Um, A show that I... Really liked that I don't think got a lot of attention it was Reacher on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it was just it was there's a couple of movies with I think Tom Cruise is in. Yeah, them, but, I've seen those, yeah. but the, the TV show is actually like surprisingly good. Like, I was really entertained by it. Hmm. Um, and it's based on the novels more than the, the movies or whatever. Yeah, uh, and then uh, I did I did an honorable mention of Ozark just because it was the last season. And even though I have some problems with the way the show is done overall, I, I thought the finale was actually really good. So that's a show I never. I need to watch that. I never stuck with it. I need to get back to that. Man, so many shows. Yeah, it it, it wrapped up this year. So, um, but yeah, a lot of good shows this year. Like we could have probably done twenty shows. I wanted to say uh, the Crown. Like uh, that was number seventeen. The fifth season just came out like a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I, and I want to watch that one because I like the Crown. But I will say I didn't love the last season that much, and so I was a little hesitant on it. But I do want to. I'll catch up with that one. A part of the re- I wanted to mention it mainly because uh, I never watched it until this year, mm-hmm. and I got to go like over to the UK and like London and stuff oh, okay. earlier this year, and uh, like I went to like Buckingham Palace and. Uh, a lot of the, like I was in London for like a, a week and just kind of got to ride the underground around. Anyway, we went to a bunch of the um, some of the castles that like we went to uh, Westminster, right, Westminster Abbey, Abbey and yeah. the, uh, the church, and then we went to uh, Windsor Castle, Windsor Castle, yeah, which is where she was buried, like the queen was buried. But anyway, going there, like it, it made it come alive, and I was like, I need to watch this show because it kind of felt like I understood it a little bit better like the monarchy in England has always been kind of like something that I just didn't have a lot of context for so I didn't I just wasn't very interested in it but I so I just went through the fourth the four seasons that were already on there and it, it was just a really really enjoyable thing to watch it, it it's is, a, yeah. it's not it's an older the other seasons were older so I didn't and I think the older seasons I liked a lot of them more than the newest season I did too yeah 
So the first uh, two seasons were really good. Yeah, I was, I was less interested in it. As well. That's really more why I wanted to mention it because I was. It's something I caught up on, and I was just like, man, that this is a, actually a great, great show. So my grandmother was English. Um, my, my mom's mom um, from Witness Lancashire, uh, Lancashire. Um, she was a big like the royal wedding. Like sh- mm-hmm. she had like the coins and the dolls. Like mm-hmm. she got me a, a Prince Charles doll when I was a kid. <laughs> Which, like, it's what like what every what kid wants to play with. <laughs> right. yeah. um, I have a coin somewhere that's like the Princess of Wales, Diana. Wow, like, that's like cool. A ceremonial coin from their wedding. Um, because my mom and my grandma were big. Like anything in England, you know, they had all this stuff. But I was like a little kid. I was like, I don't care about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But re- revisiting the show like a couple years ago when I started watching it, it was like, it reminded me of my, my grandma and my mm, mom. Like, that's the nice. Heritage of England. So, yeah, you're right. The, it's a good show. I just, I didn't love the Princess Diana, Prince Charles stuff that much in the fourth season. So that's kind of where I was a little bit. And the Margaret Thatcher stuff was like, it was good, but it was also like kind of stereotypical. Like, yeah, I, I felt like the really... stronger parts for me personally were the the younger Elizabeth right when she's like the main character and you're really there with her and Claire Foy she's in man she was so good so good in that show because as it gets old as it gets goes through time and she gets the character gets older um and it kind of becomes more about the younger characters like in their like Charles and Diana and all their drama and it's interesting but it's you've you're kind of like I don't know yeah, and, and Matt Smith, too, is really good in those yeah. first couple of seasons. He's in yeah. House of the Dragon. And, yeah. um, and then they switched to Olivia Coleman, I think, in the last two. And she's good in the role, but, um, it's yeah, I agree with you. I think the first two seasons were the strongest. And it's another, uh, I can't remember her name, Imelda. Staunton. Yeah. Is, that right? Right, is, she in, is she the one in the new one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I know they changed it again. Uh, it, the one from uh, And uh, Dominic Potter. West. From Dominic the, West from the Wire. Right. He's, right, he's Prince Charles. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Is he good in it? Yeah. Okay. He, he's he's really good. Like, I've heard some people, it's kind of like, he seems like maybe too, too good people like him a little too much <laughs> more than they like Prince Charles or something. Well, he's like way, way, way better looking than Prince Charles, so I hope they <laughs> uglied him up appropriately. <laughs> it's, uh, he, it's funny to hear him, like, using his actual accent kind of, like... His like British accent. Well, you can hear him using it on the early seasons of The Wire. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny because like him and Idris Elba are these two big stars in The Wire, and if you watch the first season, it's like yeah, you can kind of hear the accents a little bit. Like, they yeah. slip out a few times. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't get the American slang down perfectly in that first season. That's a show I want to rewatch. For oh sure. man, The Wire! The Wire is incredible. Yeah. Okay. We could keep talking. We could. We actually have a lot of stuff we could keep talking on our list, but I think we need to. We should just wrap it up. All right. Let's. I wrap think we up. have enough stuff. Did you up. have any last minute things before I cut you off completely? One last thing. I wanted to do a little look ahead to 2023. Oh yeah. And just yeah. say, uh, Last of Us is coming out. I'm excited about this show. Yeah. Um, huge fan of the video game. Uh, I don't, did you ever play the video game? I haven't played the video game, but it, it looks. The show looks. Really it's, cool, interesting. It's one of those like milestones of excellence in video games where it, it is like an action game. It's you know a shooter and there's these monsters and stuff. But by the time you get to the end of it, it, it takes you on this emotional journey where it's like kind of devastating. And they made a sequel to it a couple of years ago, which I bought immediately, downloaded it. It's good. It's a good story. It's not nearly as good as the first one. Um, so they got at least enough material for two seasons worth. But 
if it's anything like the video game was, it should be incredible. So I'm looking cool. forward to that. Um, that that starts like in January. That's like just a few. Senior, yeah. That's like a month away, probably. Maybe, maybe yeah, it's coming up pretty pretty quick here. And then uh, new season of Succession, new season of Yellow Jackets. Excited about those. I don't know if you have anything you're looking forward to. Um, I haven't. I can't remember what's on right now. I can't remember what's coming out. I'm looking forward to the finale of White White Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, man. I just want to see what happens. We're gonna see how wrong we were or right we were on yeah. our predictions. All right. Well. Uh, Thank y'all for listening to this. It kind of feels like a lot to kind of sit through. <laughs> I hope it was interesting. Um, I think I think it was because we're real interesting people. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Of course we are. So uh, yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody. Happy New Year, and uh, I hopefully we we reminded y'all of some shows to watch, and that's it. It's good doing this with you, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. All right. Bye.